another edition of 99 questions i am your host bob buell this is of course an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions and joined with me today uh formerly a phantom that can't be right and currently the head writer for a little program you might have heard of it saturday night live it's streeter seidel streeter how are you today how you doing formerly a phantom <laughs> love that felt like a good uh something to put in yeah. your bio you know i have the phantom thing like two rooms away oh. i just have it hanging there terrifies my children terrifies them as well it should yeah no it's very <laughs> scary it's very scary i can only hope best buy guys shirt is underneath it but i don't i'm i remain hopeful <laughs> i believe i, I have that i have that too <laughs> It's covered in like Cheeto dust. Oh, it like has Cheeto to be stains. Yeah, truly disgusting. But <laughs> yeah. no, it's nasty. And it was then, fifteen years ago, and it and it remains disgusting. <laughs> well, speaking of remaining disgusting, we have a disgusting amount of questions to get through on this year's show. Here, um, let's do it. But where would we be without a couple ground rules, some terms and conditions right up front for us to click past? Like ground rule number one. Take as much time or as little time as you need to answer a question. A yes or no suffice? Give me a yes or no. A short story about your life helps us get a better understanding. I want to hear that story. Okay. Great. Great. Grand rule number two. I don't think there's anything controversial in here. Uh, but if you want to skip over a question, you could skip. You could pass. No judgment. No worries. And grand rule number three, despite the name of the show being 99 questions, uh, some of these, by the syntax of the English language, are not questions. They're just words I put a question mark at the end of. Uh, some of these are just straight up a prompt. Um, and there might be follow-ups. So. And uh, I know for a fact, the community question section at the end, I chose two, because why not? Uh, <laughs> so all that saying, just don't count them. Uh, Again, I have, I have nothing to do. So, you know, let, <laughs> let's go for it. Perfect. There's secretly 400 questions here. Uh, <laughs> the first of those non-counting questions. Streeter, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question number one. What's the perfect breakfast? Oh, I know the answer to that right away. Okay, <gasps> so it's a version of Eggs Benedict that... In my head, I've created, but I've seen it on menus uh, all over the place. So, I, I mean, other people have had this idea. But it is Eggs Benedict, where you sub the Canadian bacon, which to me is a flavor blocker. Ooh. Because the egg yolk and the, and the hollandaise or bernays, whichever one you choose, cannot penetrate it and get down to the English muffin. So, to me, that... We got to get rid of that Canadian bacon and we sub corned beef hash, which is permeable. So, so all the good liquid elements of that breakfast can 
go down to the English muffin mm-hmm. can kind of soak into it. And to me, that's the perfect breakfast. I, I've never heard of this before. I think this might be the perfect breakfast. Yeah. I urge you to try it. It is, I mean, sodium wise, it's immediate blood pressure problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know mm-hmm. what? We're all on meds for that anyway. And that's fine. I it's I think it's fantastic. It's what I get every Father's Day uh nice. for my kids and my all every birthday my wife makes it for me. It's it's a nice little treat. I love that. Uh question number two. Who's the coolest dude? The coolest dude in history? In history. In history? Oh boy. I was hoping you're going to say alive. Nah, that gets too many people off the hook. Oh man, there's so many. I'm such a beta male that I look up to almost every <laughs> other man. So I'm, <laughs> so I have a hard time picking. That's a tough one, man. I think. Um, well, you know what? I'll just because I'm always trying to amplify important stories. Mm. Uh, Get out there, check out Terrare on Wikipedia. Um, my absolute favorite Wikipedia page. Check out Terrare. Wow. I think I... you'll be surprised by what you find. As someone with his own favorite Wikipedia page, I'm interested, sir. But I'm I very beg interested. you, I beg people, do not edit it because it is written beautifully. Mm-hmm. It is written like a comedy sketch please don't fuck it up i've been enjoying this dude's wikipedia page for years now i i've never publicly gone out there and said like check this out uh because i don't want people to mess with it because it's so pretty beautiful he's basically a i believe a 18th century french glutton who lived an insane life Mm-hmm. He did things such as eat live animals. He was accused of eating a live toddler. He's basically the, <laughs> the most disgusting man who's ever lived. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. The Wikipedia page is beautifully written. Cheer, you know, whatever. Kudos to whoever did it. Don't mess it up, please. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, I know this isn't good for numbers. Turn it off. Turn it off right now and go to this Wikipedia article. Go check out Terrare. French, I believe his like like the parenthetical is like French showman or something like that. <laughs> showman. It's oh. truly the most disgusting thing I've ever read. It's very funny. Oh, I can't wait. Uh question three. Steak, chicken, or fish? Steak. That's so, I mean, I just, I made steak earlier, minutes ago, I was making steak. My God, a post-steak interview, my good. But I like them all, I do like them all, and I've been trying to learn fish. I love fish, I grew up in New England, so I'm very much from a fish culture, and I, <laughs> I just suck at cooking it, so I've been spending years trying to figure out how to do it, and it's it's hard, it's very it hard. You like mess up for one second and it sucks. Yeah. Literally overcooking or undercooking it can just completely ruin it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, same with chicken. Like 
You let it go for one second too long and it's rubber steak. You're, you know, you have like a nice margin of error there. You got a 15 minute margin of error. At either yeah. Direction. It's like, if you, you can really kind of like leave for a little bit, come back. You're like, ah, it's a little overcooked, but it's fine. So we'll see. Yeah. So <laughs> question four, best gift you've ever gotten. Oh, damn. These are good questions, man. Thank you. Best gift. People think it's all softballs coming out of the gate with breakfast. We get you. <laughs> They're like real thinkers. Like I'm like, oh, I really gotta because I don't want to mess it up. You know, a lot of people could get mad. True. I think the best gift I ever got was one Christmas I got when I was a very little boy, I got the Lego monorail, which is a discontinued Lego space themed like train set. And according to my parents, I don't fully remember it, but according to my parents, I like left Christmas, did not open any other presents and immediately went upstairs and just like spent the entire day building this thing. Wow. And I was, and, and did it in a day and was very proud of myself. And I've since like looked it up because I, my, my son is a big Lego kid and I'm like, let me, maybe I'll just buy that for him. And I went on eBay and it's thousands and thousands of dollars now. So he won't be getting that. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that was like, that one sticks with me as being a very satisfying gift. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, Question five, best gift you've ever given. Well, you know, I'll tell so when I was going to, proposed to my wife this was about 12 years ago i booked us an entire trip to europe because my whole plan was i'll get the ring we'll go to europe well it was it was mainly to england and we'll kind of go around england and i'll propose and it'll be wonderful mm-hmm. and the ring did not show up in time so we went on this whole trip which was a waste. It was also <laughs> raining like crazy. So we pivoted mid trip and we're like, let's just go to Italy instead because it's raining in England. So we did this like 10 day trip through England and Italy, which was great. Got home. The ring was waiting for me in my mailbox. And then I was like, I gotta go. I gotta take her on another trip. And so we, I went, so we went to Bermuda like two weeks later where I did propose. But that little run of time, and both trips were a surprise for her. So she was like, within the span of a month, it was like, hey, we're going to Europe. Hey, we're going to Bermuda, you know? <laughs> I think that might have been the best. And again, very, I did, we didn't have children at this point. So like, you know, money was very, it was, it was a different time. <laughs> yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> that wouldn't happen now. <laughs> I love the idea of getting back from, a 10-day vacation and going we need to go on another vacation why doesn't matter (laughs) i was so goddamn mad i mean the whole time we were in europe i was like this this guy said the ring would be done it's not like i got like some crazy ring or anything it was it's not if you see my wife's ring you'll be underwhelmed it was not a it was not a crazy ring or anything. It just like did not show up in time for the trip. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I was like this whole 
the whole purpose of this trip was to propose and I can't do that now. So now we're just going on vacation, which is lovely. Yeah. But the prize at the end of it is no longer there. <laughs> I love it. Uh, question six. What did you want to do for a living when you were a kid? I guess. I mean, is it corny to say like what I do? I, this, I, what I do, what I currently do is like the fantasy that I thought I could do, you know? Yeah. But I was always like, well, that's, you can't really do that. So you should be a history professor or something, you know, like that was kind of, I'll settle for mad TV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would have loved mad TV. Any, any, I just didn't, I grew up in Connecticut, which is not like a, very show busy place Mm. everyone's kind of a they're either a banker or nothing i guess (laughs) you know (laughs) and i i was terrible at math i'm like well i'm not going to be a banker so i guess i'll be a teacher i don't know so and i always dreamed about like wouldn't it be cool to be a performer writer or something you know something creative but like there's no like you can't apply for that. You know what I mean? It's not, there's no clear yeah. path to that kind of thing. At least at that point, there wasn't. Um, so it was all kind of a happy accident where I just kept kind of doing it and being like, someone's going to pay me. I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. Well, let's, let's do this for a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it, and that's, that, you know, 20 years have gone by and I'm like, I guess I'm still, doing this this is a dream yeah but i mean if i could if i could pick a job it would be a fantasy job i'd either want to own a little diner Mm. you know and make my special breakfast for everyone yeah or i always thought i don't know this isn't a job but someone who removes the lint from the lint filter in a dryer (laughs) is so satisfying Mm -hmm. every i do it multiple times a day and i'm like this is just deeply satisfying to me i think i could do this my entire life and be pretty pretty content it is nice when you get it in one and it's just one solid sheet you gotta get it in one when it breaks it's a tragedy it's It's gotta be one full sheet (laughs) There's something very human about it that I think all humans are like, yeah, that's sh- that shit's nice yeah. when you get it in one. <laughs> that's good. Uh, question seven. What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? Damn. Probably yeah. a human. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I see, I got a lot of deer in my yard. A lot of deer disrespecting yep. my property. And I do think I could take out a deer. I like a it. buck. Because they look impressive, but they're very scared. And I think if I could get a hold of one, I think I could take them out. But I don't know. Listen, that's why it's main eventing this pay-per-view. You versus Can I turn it back on you? What do you think? You seem like a big guy. You seem like you got some mass, some muscle. What do you think you could do? 
It's very kind of you to say. Uh, I've always half jokingly said a wolf, but no I, I believe in my heart of hearts, if it really came down to, to crunch time or whatever people who get into fights call it, uh, I don't know. It might have a, I might have a, a 25% chance there. With a wolf? I saw that movie, The Gray, with Liam Neeson. He, <laughs> Liam Neeson. I felt like I, I learned a lot of strategy there. You know, I I have really had my eyes open because I'm very human first person. Mm. I, I disrespect animals deeply. Perfect. I think I'm like, you guys did not evolve. Your brains suck. Look at us walking. Around. We're driving around in metal boxes like. You're still smelling your own finger, being like, "What the hell is this thing?" You know. So I'm I'm very proud of our species in terms of what we've done. Like we went to an we went to the moon, you know. And we're like, and I watch these na- nature documentaries, and they're giving a lot of credit to these animals for like figuring out which leaf to eat. And I'm like, I mean, good for you. Like, congratulations, yeah. we've been to the moon. Like, we're the best animal, clearly. That said, mm-hmm. one time I held uh, I held a chimpanzee that was maybe two feet tall oh. and was so much stronger than me. <laughs> I can't even put into words how strong this thing was. It was so clear this thing could have ripped my arm off it want if it wanted to. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we are like a weak creature, you know? Like we're good in the brain, in the body we are weak." This thing was punching my chest and like pulling on, and it was like nice. It was a friendly chimp, but it was so clear that if this wanted to, it could kill me. And it was, I mean, truly the size of my torso. I was so much bigger than it, and it was so much stronger than me. (laughs) And it kind of made me respect the animal kingdom more. That's why I go wolf, not chimp. Yeah, I mean, wolf. Yeah, I don't know, wolf. Every time I see a dog, I'm like, yeah, I could, I could win against that dog. I could take maybe. that thing out. If I, had <laughs> I could to. take that dog, <laughs> even though it's faster and quicker and meaner and fiercer than me. I could win. I could win against that dog yeah. for sure. But I have an iPad, so I could figure it out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question eight: Who's someone you look up to? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I just live in awe of other people, honestly. I, My biggest hero in my entire life, I think, sadly is dead, is Ben Franklin. I'm a real big Ben Franklin fan. Yeah. Always have been. I like... I'm a, I like history. I'm a big history guy. But... Uh, in terms of founding fathers, like he's the only one that seems remotely cool, remotely interesting. Like he seems like he could be alive today and would still be like, this guy's cool. I like this guy. It's funny. Yeah. You know, he also was malle. His, his opinions and stuff are malleable and it would change with the times. And I was like, eh, there's something to be respected about that. You know, he was born into a certain world and a certain worldview and, and it evolved as he evolved. And uh, he was just good at it. A lot of stuff, which, which I respect as someone who's bad at 
a lot of stuff, <laughs> but would like to be good at a lot of stuff. He's a, a yeah. I've always been a big Ben Franklin fan. Oh, shoutouts, BF, yeah. But in turn, if you want to know a living person, I someone I work with all the time. I always have looked up to Keenan Thompson in a big way, mm. and you know that thing of don't meet your heroes, right? Because oh. they disappoint you. I was very conscious of that meeting Keenan, and then I was like, "Oh, he's better than I thought. <laughs> he's like a really <laughs> good guy, and he's very, he's brilliant. He's a genius, and he's just a nice guy." I was like, "There's no reason." this man needs to be as nice and supportive as he is. He could be an absolute asshole and everyone would be like, well, you know, I mean, of course he's an asshole. Uh, But he's just like a great, brilliant, supportive, friendly dude who's kind of, you know, the kind of like the SNL, like uh, team captain Mm. that we we all look up to and rally around and, and uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I've been looking up to him since I was a little kid. I was like, that's what I want to do. Whatever he's doing, <laughs> that. And wow. here he is doing it, you know, 25, 30 years in. He's still yeah. doing it. And he, and he's, he's still the best at it. So. Oh, I love that. I love it. Uh, question nine. First album you bought with your own money. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Are you ready? I hope so. A, it was on cassette because I'm a man of a certain age. <laughs> and it was, I made my dad take me to the the record store, which existed at that point. Because I had to have right said Fred, I'm too sexy. Yeah. I had to have it. <laughs> and that was the first album I bought. And then my first CD, which is better, was Pearl Jam's 10, which is much better. Uh, I'm less embarrassed yeah. by that, <laughs> which was very <laughs> soon after. But definitely the first music I purchased myself was Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy. Oh, it'd be great if both cassette and first CD were both Right Said Fred. You just had to up the quality. <laughs> like, because I, I need to rip it. Like, I need to, <laughs> I can't rip a cassette, I can rip a CD. <laughs> Which again, to the your younger listeners, will not make sense. But ripping CDs was a big thing for a while. I still got a stack of CDRs somewhere for that exact oh, reason. No, you got the big book with all the. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's use. I have no disc slots anymore to use them in. But I damn. see your setup here. You look like you've got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of ephemera back there. A lot I... of interesting stuff. I bet. Ephemera is a very good word for it. Literally a VCR right behind me. A uh, VCR. God hey, bless. Someone's got to digitize that old, those old tapes. <laughs> uh, question 10. What's your go-to karaoke song? Meatloaf, I Will Do Anything for Love. A duet with my wife. Oh, come on. The yes. range is perfect for me. The theatrics of it. You're not doing karaoke unless you're like a couple drinks in, you know? Oh, yeah. And Meatloaf Meatloaf's songs, while bad, are very performative and very like 
heart-wrenching you can really perform them it's not like i'm just singing very well it's like there's a lot of emotion and tropes tied up in them they were all built to yeah perform at an 11 out of 10 yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah uh question 11 what's the last song that you listened to i'm i'm only thinking because i'm trying to give you an honest answer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it might have been right said fred i'm too sexy <laughs> I, <was> playing the <laughs> tape. I popped it in the old cassette you're obsessed man you're obsessed <laughs> you know it might have been what was it oh, god what's the name of it it was this very horn heavy kind of pop song what is the name of it? hold on i'll just look it up we don't have to wonder we as a society do not have to wonder anymore. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, this is making for... Oh, Tallulah. Company of Thieves, Tallulah. Tallulah. Interesting, interesting. That's, uh, I like I like horn-heavy uh, rock, I guess. Nothing wrong with that. Whatever genre. And you know what? I asked this question in the SNL writer's room. Maybe our last show, I was like, you know the SNL song, which is kind of a famous intro song. I was like, mm -hmm. what genre do you guys think this is? And no one really oh, had an answer, and neither did I. I was like, what is this? Because it's kind of like Springsteen plays in that area, like yeah. Bleachers kind of plays in that area. It's like sax-heavy, horn-heavy. I was like, what is this? Pop jazz? <laughs> you you know it when you hear it. You're like, oh, it's that kind of music. But like, what is it? Like eleventh wave ska. Like I don't I don't know how to describe it. That's yeah. I'm not gonna tell the SNL band you said they were a ska band, but <laughs> although I do I do enjoy some ska. Come on, I'm a pro I'm a product of my era. Try to keep me skanking off the dance floor. You can't do it. <laughs> I've been skanking to some No Doubt, some Tragic Kingdom when I was 12 years old. Sure. You want a couple less than Jake? Come on. <laughs> uh, question 12. What's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? That's a great question. Man, these questions are tough, dude. I thought those, these were going to be easy breezy. <laughs> Ebbs and flows. Ska? Yeah, sure. Ska. Let's get... Uh... I mean, I will say that the uh, when I was in my early teens, the like ska, like ska punk movement kind of hit. Yeah, it was very. It was very fun, and and then like right on the heels of that was like the pop punk explosion, which was also very fun. And I kind of hear the music like that that teens are getting served today. Which is very good. It's it's better music, but it's definitely <laughs> not as fun. And I'm like, oh, you guys are missing out on the fun part. Like, yeah. so maybe I would say, I'll always sign up for more pop punk. Always, I like it. It's just a it's just a good time, man. It's no one is pretending it's good music. No one's pretending it's art. It's just like this is fun. You're like a <laughs> rowdy fifteen year old. You know, enjoy. Yeah. You're telling me anytime that lyric that work sucks, I know the whole place. 
the whole Poetry. place is singing along. Yes. <laughs> and continues to sing along well into their 40s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always thought, like, my parents used to play, when I was growing up, they played, like, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and stuff. Like, all this stuff from the 60s that is very good. And I was like, it's so sad that I'm going to be playing, like, all the small things for my kids being like, this is what music is. This crap you're listening to, listen to this. This is real music. <laughs> Smashing pumpkins, whatever. Smashing <laughs> pumpkins. I was a big pumpkin. I was a big Smashing Pumpkins guy. So, Oh, yeah. Don't be talking shit about Billy Corgan around me. Never. I would never dare. Uh, question 13. A song that brings the most emotion out of you. It honestly might be a Smashing Pumpkin. Yeah. Maybe like a 1979 or a Tonight Tonight. Something from Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Because that album came out right when when I was at the peak of feeling things. When you when I was like 12, 13, 14, like right in that where I'm like, I'm a serious person. <laughs> I'm a teenager, but I'm a guy. What am I? I'm torn between a child and an adult. You know, when you're very self-serious and everything. I think the age a lot of people are like, I'm going to write poetry. That age oh, yeah. where everything means the most Every little crush means the most. All, all of your friends are your absolute best friend. Like, that is when that album came out for me. So those songs, like, play a heavy. Like, when I hear one of them, I'm, like, immediately a 12-year-old in my bedroom, like, singing into the mirror, you know, <laughs> pretending, yeah. pretending I'm a grown-up, that kind of thing. <laughs> It's a great choice, honestly. It's a good album. I mean, yeah. Of all of them, I'm like, at least I hit that age at that era, as opposed to five years later when I'd be like, Limp Biscuit breaks stuff or something. You know, like I, <laughs> I got in right before that. You know, yeah. Nothing gets me more emotional than Dragula. <laughs> ball with the ball. But I also, in, in terms of a newer one, sometimes these Billie Eilish songs weirdly can bring yeah. me back to that age where I'm like, I'm like a fully grown man with gr children. But something about uh, her songs, I'm like, oh, you've like tapped into this vein somehow. Uh, that That can kind of like bring me back to that. So I, I like I like her stuff a lot. Oh, that's a great call, yeah. Uh, question fourteen: What's your favorite music video? I mean, it's got to be one of those Blink One Eighty Two ones, <laughs> those like funny ones, you know, when they when they're there just funny. happens to be a half pipe, yeah, always, or like a a Weird Al one from that era or from a little earlier, like an Amish Paradise, probably mm. really spoke to me. Where I'd never really seen anything like that, or like a fat, you know, one of those classic. Where I was just like, "This is what is this? He's making fun of these songs. This is unbelievable." The amount that Weird Al comes up in this podcast, I, I I'm adore. sure. Well, 
that's you're i'm sure you're talking to a selective group uh, that's true i think about half those <laughs> references are just from the jeff rubin episode so it, it's oh uh... jeff <laughs> jeff jeff rubin loves him some weird out and one time i fully challenged him at work and was like do you actually think weird al's funny as a grown man are you <laughs> laughing at weird al because i like enjoyed weird al but i was i was not a convert i wasn't like this is the funniest thing i've ever seen yeah and then a, a group of people continued into adulthood to be like that is the funniest person in the world and i was just like i don't know i mean he's just changing the words to thought like i think <laughs> I enjoy it, I'm not, but I'm not like, this is next level. <laughs> and Jeff and I got in a huge argument about it, at probably when we were both wearing Hawaiian shirts. So This all checks out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 15. You got a million dollars, but you have to donate it all to charity? What charity is it going to? The MS Society. My mother-in-law has MS. It's horrible, mm. horrible disease. And uh, I've just watched it, you know, just be a pain in the ass. And it seems like something also that we could figure out. Mm. One of those where it's like, feels like we could get this one and just eradicate this, you know? So that would yeah. be, that would be great if we could do that. I love it. Question 16, favorite holiday? Christmas. Ooh. No, no need to elaborate. Just the best. Number one with a bullet here. <laughs> I also like St. Patty's Day too, but mm. for less savory reasons. That's the inner New England, I think. Uh, yeah, you know what? Second. That is that. <laughs> my answer is so purely New England because <laughs> we New Englanders love ourselves at Christmas. That's kind of our holiday. Like when I see people. Like my sister lives in LA and when I see her Christmas, I'm like, that's dog shit. You got a palm tree with fucking lights on it. That sucks. Look at me. I I have a eight foot pine tree in my house that's been here for a month. It's ruining my floor. Oh. I don't care. I'm make I'm burning a forest worth of wood every night. <laughs> In my fireplace. I that's very New England and St. Patty's Day is obviously like there's nothing going on. The weather's horrible. There's nothing to look forward to. Summer's so far away. Christmas so far away. We'll just let's all get drunk and scream, sing songs together. Kind of the best. Yeah. Hard to argue there. <laughs> uh 17. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? I'm so boring. I'm just like a coffee with cream or like a black coffee guy. Mm. And I like all those other ones, but I'm intimidated. Mm. I'm intimidated to order like a fancy, a fancy one. And I almost never go to a coffee shop. So if I drink now as an older man, if I drink coffee after noon, I'll be up till like five in the morning. So I'm strictly an at-home coffee drinker now. I respect it. I didn't think I was that, but I'm 34. And yeah, I had a coffee at like 2 p.m. And I was like, 
staring at the ceiling at midnight going oh no yeah it sucks oh, you're no. like what have i become? you're watching like top chef reruns at three in the morning being like why am i not tired oh right i had a coffee at 2 p.m and here i am sweating at two in the morning <laughs> It's uh, getting old is terrible. Please tell your listeners, just, you know, stay in your 20s. It's it's so much better. I can't recommend it, so. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get on meds. Your knees go out. It's horrible. Oh, I literally stood up from my desk at work the other day, and the 24-year-old at the desk next to me goes, oh, heard your back pop. <laughs> It was like oh. nothing brings you down sharper <laughs> than those words. Uh, uh, 18. This is a biggie here. Okay. Spell the word gray. Oh. In what context? That that's that's the question here. That's the question. Like the at color, heart. the color of your shirt right now? Sure. You you had to write a sentence that says my shirt I would go, is I would go G R A Y. Wow. And I but I know they're interchangeable. Because I've looked at I'm not good at this kind of thing. And I've looked at it <laughs> as as a writer, I sadly have horrible grammar and spelling. So I was like, what is the difference? And it was like yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> more or less. Gray. I'd love it if that's what like the dictionary says. Just, just do whatever you want, man. What as far as I, as far as I know, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I also am like a student of history and and our language, and I'm like, this language is not real. It is made. It is a mishmash of. Mm -hmm fucking german and latin and french and all you know what i mean it's just like a cobbled together garbage language that has no rules that apply a hundred percent so i'm like yeah it'll evolve even if it's not g-r-a-y now it might be in a hundred years oh yeah. yeah we'll find a third spelling or something yeah uh 19 what's your prized position Oh, I got it right here. <gasps> well, I got a couple of them. One is my my grandfather who fought in World War II mm. stole he stole a sword from some he stole two swords from these Nazis. Whoa. And he he willed them to his two sons, my dad and my dad's brother. Uh and so my cousin who was in the army is like an army ranger, a very highly ranked like military guy has one. He, he obviously has the good one. My, <laughs> me, did, yeah, did not serve uh, and is a coward. Has the less good one, but I always thought that was amazing. I was like, yeah, I was like, Campbell <laughs> went over there, stole some guy's stuff and brought it home. And then I have two. Um, so I love that on a familiar familial level, you know, yeah. where I'm like, someone in my family was brave. It's not me, but, uh, you know. Secondhand bravery, yeah. Yeah. And then I have two, the two times the Mets won the World Series, I have signed uh, Mets baseballs. So Ooh. 
uh, 69 and 86 over there that I'm that I show my children, but I'm like, don't, you can't touch the, if you, it's, it's kind of like a, um, sandlot situation. Where I'm like, if you fuck this up, you're, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. You're then disinherited. The, then the sword comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I'll go get the Nazi sword. <laughs> I actually, my sword is not even a Nazi sword. It's like a Prussian military sword that a Nazi had. So it's older than than the Nazis, but you know they that didn't stop from someone. Then, that didn't yeah. stop Grandpa from from snaking it. <laughs> Say the yoink. Yeah, I mean, look, you win the war. What are you going to do? Not going to take a couple nice little souvenirs for the fam. I would have taken a couple swords. That's for sure. <laughs> Question twenty: Are you competitive? I think so. Yeah. Sadly, I wish I wasn't. I think I am. But hopefully not in an overt, assholey way. Mm. I, I think what I am really is jealous. So when I see someone achieving or or doing, doing fantastic work, I'm like, why? I want to do that. How come I'm not doing that? And then that'll cause me to try to beat them mm. and i and it won't always work but it'll make me better you know <laughs> so i, like I guess i guess it's less competitive and more just like sad jealousy <laughs> and envy they're kind of synonyms kind of yeah they're they're all playing in the same pool you know oh yeah uh question 21 do you consider golf a sport I do because I've tried to play it and I'm so bad. <laughs> the first time I went golf, I, my mom always wanted me to play golf because she's always had aspirations of being like a blue blood. Mm. She's not, but she, I think she grew up around a lot of very wealthy people and was like, that was her envy and jealousy. It's just, she wanted to be that. Yeah. So she took me golfing and, and my club fell apart on the first tee. The head, the head of the club flew off, so I had to go back and get a new one. Mm-hmm. Then I stepped in a hornet's nest, uh, like midway through. And then on the last, when I was, we were walking back to the clubhouse on the last, uh, on the last screen, I got hit with a ball from someone driving it to the last screen. And I was walking across the last screen. They came in and just hit me in the leg like a bullet. And I just fell down. I was, I was probably like nine years old. What is this Simpsons episode of a golf outing? And I felt so bad for my mom because she could just see that I was suffering and miserable. I was like, this sport sucks so bad. I hate it. <laughs> I've just been stung by bees. I've been hit by balls. My club fell apart. I got yelled at. This is a horrible sport, but it is so hard to do well. In the same way, frisbee golf is hard to do well. You know, yeah, yeah. Tennis is hard to do well. Uh, twenty-two. Have you ever played any sports? Yeah, I played them all. I played all the kids' sports: baseball, football, soccer. Bad at all of them. The only sport that I was okay at was uh, wrestling, which I did for a few years. I was a, I was a 
decent wrestler, I would say. Nice. But then I broke my hand and bailed. So mm, it's a good reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 23, favorite sport to watch? Baseball. Lazy. It's lazy, slow, although they've sped it up this season. I'm not as into it. Really? I I like that it was leisurely, that you could, like, leave for a little while and come (laughs) back and nothing much would have happened. (laughs) I, I like the leisureness of it. One of the best sports live, unquestionably. Oh, nothing beats like a a day game at a ballpark in the summer. Yes, where you can just kind of you know, like it's I I love it. I've loved it since I was a little kid. I still love it now. And I love football. Too. I like the tailgate element of football, mm. but the but the game, the live experience of the game, is not as fun to me as baseball. No, because you end up just watching the Jumbotron anyway. So it's like, why am I even here? Yeah, <laughs> if I could have the tailgate experience of football with the relaxing, warm, pleasant experience of watching baseball, that would yeah. be perfect. Like this. I'm jotting down notes for my next Shark Tank pitch. This is all <laughs> coming together. Uh, 24. Theme parks? Yes. Pro, <laughs> pro, all of them. Love themes, love parks. Uh, twenty-five dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. You're standing in a wrestling ring, and a wave of nine-year-olds, a random mix of boys and girls, coming down to that ring to fight you. How many nine-year-olds could you beat in this fight? Hundreds? I don't know. Are they coming one at a time? Are they coming in mass? I... <laughs> one one solid wave of X. And you're oh. confident you can beat X. Not Royal Rumble style, where they're uh, coming down in, in spurts. Hmm. Hmm. Good question. I mean, I would hope, like, 20 before I was overwhelmed with their sheer number. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I but I don't I can't confidently say that. Okay. I mean I have two little kids who attack me all the time. I wouldn't be shocked if like in the middle of the question they just bust through that door and start hitting <laughs> me. And I, I can easily defeat them, but if you multiplied them infinitely, I you know yeah. You ever seen those little ants or like little tiny bees that take down like a a killer bee? Yeah. And they just kind of swarm it. And it's like, you know, a couple of those bees are going down, but like, you know, once they're massed in a group, it's it's hard to there's nothing you can do. Yeah. The movie Willard. It's all there. I love <laughs> <laughs> love that this is like a standard question of you. Like a standard thought experiment. Oh, yeah. I literally do this every week. So, <laughs> <laughs> what do other people say? What, you know, um, my, my... is there anyone who's been like, I could take an unlimited amount of nine year olds uh, yes. out? No uh, problem. Beth May, um, poet and D&D player from Dungeons and Daddies. Uh, her answer was all the nine year olds to the uh, to the point where. 
eight-year-olds would be afraid to turn nine knowing that she'd be coming to get them. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's just unrealistic. <laughs> she had a she had an air about her that made me believe this, <laughs> this statement. <laughs> I say you should take all your profits mm-hmm. from this and put it into the tip, put it to the okay. test, and see what I, happens. Go on Fiverr and get a bunch of nine year olds. <laughs> yes, yeah, this is doable. I think this is doable. Call this woman's bluff. Be like, you've been very cocky about taking out these nine year olds. <laughs> And I th- I want to see if you're as good as your word. Beth May, we're selling out Madison Square Garden. It's happening. <laughs> 26. What's a game you know you can win? Sadly, none. I would say. My kid beat me at checkers the other day. Wow. I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, there's no game that I'm like supremely confident in. Unfortunately, I wish there was. 27. What topic can you discuss the most? Uh, history, maybe. Mm. Deep, deep cut history, which no, which luckily no one ever wants to discuss. I can, <laughs> I'll bring it up, thinking other people might be interested, and I'll watch their eyes glaze over. I'll do it with my writing partner, Mikey Day. I'll bring up history sketches that I think are so funny, and Mikey, who's very supportive in almost every instance i'll just see him go blank and dead in the face and i'm just like oh this you're this you're not into (laughs) this is is too specific (laughs) it's a good check on you know it's a good check (laughs) yeah you gotta know where the line is 28 favorite place you visited i have two is that okay there are very few rules with this show, so yeah. <laughs> I have two places that are that are very close to my heart. Uh, one is uh, a town called Goudhurst in England, which is where the streeters come from, Ooh. which is, uh, is my grandma's maiden name. So it's my first name, but it was my grandmother's maiden name, my dad's first name. It became a first name. Uh, and I, I went there with my father who's since passed and we we just had a great time it's, it's like there's nothing there it's it's a tiny nothing place but I did feel very like oh this is like where my dumb ancestors like they, my ancestors clearly did not have a good time there because they came to America in like 1640 they were like basically on the <laughs> second boat out of England yeah, so true. clearly they weren't they were not doing well in England. They were like, let's let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Anywhere is better than here. But I really thought it was a great little spot. And then uh Bermuda is a big love of mine. I love Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Which sounds very fancy, but uh, people don't really do Bermuda anymore. I don't know. Every time I'm like I tell someone people will be like, Where should I go? I want to go on vacation. Everyone's going to Costa Rica. I'm like, go to Bermuda. It's like two hours away. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's great. You rent a moped. It's wonderful. Mm. It's wonderful. Those are my two kind of spots that I really love. I'm a fan of mopeds, so I'm in. Get, uh... your, get your ass to Bermuda now. <laughs> but don't go in the winter because it's not in the Caribbean, so it's not warm in the winter. 
Oh, see, that's <laughs> that's the thing that's so interesting about it. it's just like a little rock off the coast of South Carolina, I believe. It's just like alone. It's alone oh. in the middle of, of the Atlantic. There's nothing around it. It's just this little rock. And it's uh it's wonderful. I love that. Uh question twenty nine. What's your catchphrase? Oh, I don't know that I have one. It's is it, it by catchphrase you mean the thing I say the most? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's this is Joey from Friends, right? How are you doing? <laughs> I say how you doing all the time, but Joey hit the you. So he'd be like, how you doing? Mm. For me, it's very like, how you doing? It's very, it's a, que- it's a rhetorical question. It's not meant to be answered. If someone answers, it's rude. You get offended. I think it's like a, it's like a Northeast corridor, basically way to say hi. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, famously from New Jersey. So I, yeah. I I'm it. in New Jersey right now. You see? I live in New Jersey. It's a perfect state. It's got it all. Uh, Question something. 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you ever wore? That I ever wore? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, well, I for a few years there, I would... I had a very simple Guy Fieri costume that really worked pretty well for me. That's good. That was probably it. It was probably Guy Fieri. I think we have a similar look, a similar uh, vibe, I would say. We're from the same era. Yeah. Guy Fieri. Excuse me. Fieri. Thank you. I got to say it right. I remember, I truly remember when he switched it too, because early when he was famous, he was Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. And then once he was established, he was like, I'm Guy Fieri. <laughs> he like started to like put the accent on. <laughs> as the sunglasses showed up on the back of his head, uh, they just as had the sunglasses slowly moved over his head to the back. The flames on his shirt caught on fire. I love Guy Fieri. The man of all deeply, deeply love him. I trust his restaurant recommendations more than anyone else's. So I'm like, you know what I would want to eat. Therefore, (laughs) wherever you say it's good, I believe you. I fully believe, yeah. Uh, 31. Have you ever had anything named after you? Yes. As a matter of fact, I have. My friend... And if you're anyone who knows college humor will know this name, Sarah Schneider, mm-hmm. uh, who is my dear, dear friend, created a show called The Other Two. Yeah. And named a character Streeter, who is uh, not a good guy, I guess. <laughs> Just like, she uh-huh. claims it was. It was more the characters based on Scooter Braun, which you can see is like, oh. I'm not like this dude at all. But I was like, my, I had just had my, my first son, who is named Streeter as well, uh, in honor of my father. And I was like, 
I mean, it's it's uh, nice on on one level, and then the other level, I'm like, this, you know, this kid's got to grow up with that name too, and that's not a name you forget. You know, it's like that's a weird name. There's not a lot of people that have that name. Yeah, there's like eight of us, and we all know each other. <laughs> <laughs> there's very few. Like, there's another streeter out there, like Stone. I believe the journalist Stone Phillips' son is named Streeter. And I've known that since I was a little kid because the streeters all are aware of each other. <laughs> it's a sixth sense kind of. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. But yeah, that was a that was an enormous slap in the face. As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> from my from from one of my best friends and, and one of the people I love the most in the world. Spit in my face. <laughs> Made a villain out of you. <laughs> <laughs> But but that character is played by a childhood hero of mine, Ken Marino, who I grew up watching mm. on the state, who I always loved. So I'm like, I'm very conflicted about it. That's awesome. Uh, 32. Hobby you dedicated the most time to? Legos. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I was a big Lego dude. My kid, Little Street, is like, he is so good at Legos. He built this Lego. Are you aware of this Lego Titanic? I am not. It's no. like a ten. It's a ten thousand piece Lego. That is. It's not fun. It is a scale model of the Titanic. Like, there's no like fun to it. There, it's just like this is the Titanic. Yeah. This kid built it in like a month and a half, with like a level of focus I've never seen before. And I'm like, I've given you my disease. The disease I had as a kid. <laughs> like I talked about that monorail where I was just like, I'm leave I'm leaving Christmas to go build this. That is exactly what he did. Wow. <laughs> and he's he's got the sickness. He's down with the sickness. Yeah. He's down with the sickness, absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Uh 33. Who's a celebrity you've had a crush on? Claire Danes. Wow. All didn't ha didn't have to think about it hip. at all. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. I like let me tell you something. I like Claire Danes so much when I was in middle school and high school. This was like Romeo and Juliet, my so-called life era Claire yeah. Danes. I heard I grew up in in a town called Madison in, in Connecticut, which is near New Haven. And I heard she went to Yale. She was going to Yale. And I was like, well, we got to drive into New Haven and go to Yale just in case I might see Claire Danes. <laughs> and I, we, we didn't see her, unfortunately. We did drive to New Haven and hung around Yale. And uh, no Claire Danes, I'm afraid. And I've yet to, she's never come by SNL since I've been there. I've yet to, to tell her my true feelings. <laughs> Claire, Claire, <laughs> what are you doing out there? Come Claire, on. what are you, what, why are you wasting all these years on all these boys? She's a big fan of the podcast. When I've been I there mean, the whole she's, time. She's good to hear it. Yeah, no, I know she's pretty, she's pretty active. She like emails you all the time and stuff. <laughs> that was probably my saddest. So, I mean, obviously I've had a crush on a, a million celebrities, but that was probably the saddest I ever was, was like, let's drive to the city. Not even, 
where she lit like the city where she goes to school <laughs> in the hopes of Just seeing this person. Chance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's yours, by the way? Ooh, off the dome? Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. Oh, like Clueless? Yeah. Aerosmith? Batman. But you're you're a younger man than I, so that you would have been like a little little boy when that. That's happened. correct. I was a, <laughs> I was but a fetus, and I said, "Ooh, what's happening over here?" <laughs> I've got to meet like with the job I work. I've got to meet like so many of the celebrity crushes I had as a younger man, and and. Uh, Unfortunately, they they don't like me. <laughs> but it's funny you just meet, and then you know, like when you're around all these famous people, you you know, you grow up with these famous people in your head. It's like, oh my god, they're famous, whatever. And then the context that I meet them in always is that they're nervous because they're doing this live comedy show, and they they're not confident live comedy performers normally and you're just like oh you're a you're a person right i forgot because <laughs> you're so famous and whatever but you're just you're a nervous person at the moment and you're like looking to us to like help you you know get through this experience and that's what we're here to do the, the very interesting uh perspective you must have on all that stuff because <laughs> there's got to be so many people coming and going through there and just you're just like yeah you know just happens every week they're all yeah kind of it it's a little weird in that respect but like it kind of like reminds you that like oh right these aren't they're extremely talented people you know but they're they're people <laughs> so I think it kind of humanizes a lot of people for you that you're that you know everyone's so quick to judge and and be like this person's awful or like look at this shitty movie they made or whatever and you're like oh, but they're like nice you know they're <laughs> friendly and they're cool and and they're nervous and insecure just like everyone else yeah. you know it just happens to be that they're uh, gorgeous and and famous that's all oh man uh. 34 what's the strangest job you ever had i was a an intern at a talent agency for years mm. in college and i guess that was kind of a weird job because i was un maybe unpaid for like four years but these agents like they would take me out and i you know like we would go like do karaoke and stuff and it was it was very fun it was a nice look at the kind of like business side of of, of the entertainment industry in a, in a very kind of sad depressing way <laughs> as well where you're like oh this is how movies get cast i i see it's not like a magical process <laughs> it's like it's just a business <laughs> bunch of headshots on a desk yeah like i would put together packs of headshots where I would have to read scripts and write what's called coverage, mm. like breakdown, 
you know, here's this part, it's this type person, here's who of our clients might be good for it, you should send them in, then I have to pull like a pile of headshots and send them to a casting director. And I was a horrible intern, just terrible (laughs) in my job. I probably cost people millions of dollars, honestly. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. From just being lazy and not doing my job. (laughs) 35. A book you'd recommend the world to read? Oh my god. I've been waiting for this question. There we go. My absolute favorite book and I read it every single year Mm. and have been doing so for a decade if if not more. Bill Bryson's A Short History of Nearly Everything. Fantastic. Mm. Just wonderful he also wrote another one called at home that is equally good but i highly recommend wow give it to me one more time bill bryson bill bryson who wrote he's mainly known as a travel writer he wrote like a walk Mm -hmm. in the woods um he's written a bunch of travel books but he a short it's called a short history of nearly everything and it is a lay person's book about science but it's full of extremely amusing anecdotes every single chapter has a little anecdote of something that you'd be like this would be a great movie or a great tv show if it's great i cannot recommend it highly enough that does sound pretty good uh 36 a movie that always makes you laugh Hmm. Jackass 3D. <laughs> I can't help Honestly, it. though, I can't help it. It's a great film. It's a yeah. tremendous movie. I'll put it on. Sometimes we'll put it on at parties. Just have it playing. It's it's just a wonderful movie. It's so stupid, but so brilliant. All the Jackass movies, everything they did is just like, this is the dumbest shit, but it's like dumb at an academic level. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like a level of dumb that is honestly brilliant. 100%. It's or if I'm going more like traditional, I'd say, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles or trains, planes, and automobiles. I honestly don't know what the title is. But that is the movie that I think I love the most as a scripted, a scripted comedy that I think is, is the goal is like the top tier. It's it's excellent. It's excellent. Uh, 37. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? I don't know. I've seen so many bad ones. So many. I don't think I can answer that. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? I think I've said previously on the show, uh, Zardoz, the Sean Connery movie. Never saw that. Never saw that. If my memory serves, he plays like the last man on Earth. So he's just swooned after in a desert by all these like 1970s bikini clad ladies. And he's in like this weird red BDSM leather outfit with a gun. And there's a floating Ooh. statue of a head in the sky that everyone sees as like a god. And it gets weird. It gets really weird. Sounds 
this sounds pretty good <laughs> i gotta say maybe maybe i'm you know now that i think about it it might be the best movie actually <laughs> as someone who like writes movies from time to time i mm-hmm. uh, my my uh level of like that movie sucks like the amount i'm willing to like shit on a movie has gone down quite a bit (laughs) having seen movies made and being like there's so many places along the way it can fuck up and so many people who can fuck it up that i'm like i it's it's a miracle anything is good the amount of people that are involved in making a movie and the amount of people who have input where it's like, I can't believe a good movie ever gets made when, like, 50 people are allowed to, like, weigh in and change it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a miracle that anything is watchable. That's every now and then something comes out that is just like, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is good front to back. I have no notes, you know? Um, that, so, I, I guess I have a hard time, like, shitting on anything else. <laughs> having been through the process i get it i get it uh actually shout out zardoz maybe it's better that i'm giving it credit for let's let's give it another while you know what like you're you're in jersey you go buy some legal weed smoke a little weed watch it if you like it anymore might be the best way to watch it now that i think about it yeah i mean it's from the 70s it's how it was intended to be watched i'm sure (laughs) this is true (laughs) Uh, 38. Who's your favorite actor or actress? I think my favorite actor in terms of just batting average might be Matt Damon. Mm. I have a, I mean, you know, there's a couple Matt Damon movies that I'm like, eh. But most of them, I'm like, this is pretty good. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. Uh, or Tom, you know, Tom Hanks is in that same thing, but like, I think one time my wife was looked at like all the stuff I was watching and was like, Why are you watching all Matt Damon movies? I was like, I don't know, like, they're just all good. Like, I'm just going through the Bourne ones or Goodwill Hunting, and like, you know, they're all good, you know. So, I think, I think it might be Matt Damon. Got a lot of classics, honestly. <laughs> he does, and he's a nice dude. He came in and hosted the show. He was awesome. He had a great show. He was very friendly and like collaborative, and uh, and I was just like, this guy's cool. <laughs> I wish this guy liked me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thirty nine. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the Raptors are running through the kitchen? Well, let's not say they're running. They're more hunting through the kitchen. This is, I think they're fair. being very precise. And they're kind of sniffing around the thing. and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they, they get into a brisk jog at a, at a certain couple points there, for sure. But, uh, you know, I think I it's I think it's very cool. And I also think uh, subsequently, since that one came out, like, They've been like slowly but surely making the dinosaurs more real, except the raptors, which I, I'm told Ooh. were the size of chickens and covered with feathers. And, yes. <laughs> and in the movies, they're like 
you know, huge and scary and have no feathers. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's the one they're just like, we can't. We just can't make this one accurate. I'm so sorry. We've sold too many toys of Velociraptors over the years. We can't go back. It's too baked into the franchise. (laughs) Truly. Yeah. Uh, Question 40. First show as a kid you got really into? Mr. Rogers. Nice. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. In fact, I have, uh, you know, I should have said this. This is honestly, when you asked me my prized possession, I should have said this. I was so into Mr. Rogers. I wrote him a letter <gasps> and asked him to come to my fourth birthday party. <laughs> and he wrote me back. Whoa. Declined. He declined. Oh. Uh, he declined my invitation. <laughs> but he wrote me a long note about you know, why he couldn't come and that I was his neighbor and that he loved me and everything and signed it and sent like a signed headshot. And I have that downstairs in my house, in my living room. Like, you know, my mom got it all framed for me. And I was like, I, that might've been the last good man who ever lived. (laughs) (laughs) To this day, no one's really found fault with Mr. Rogers. I mean, there's things that you might be put off by but like you're still like well that was a good man he was a good man they've done full documentaries about him he's an incredible and he like again like my hero ben franklin kind of changed with the times and would whatever you know his uh his worldview at 20 i'm sure was different than it was at 40 and he evolved and yeah as as things change and he met other people his his views change and stuff but i just i i credit mr rogers a lot with with my with what i ended up doing for my career because i was just indoctrinated to this idea of imagination and like you can you can do whatever you want you know he was it was very much like of that era like in the 80s all the all the boomers kids were just like spoon fed this idea that like you can be whatever you want to be and use your imagination and go places and do things and like i i guess stupidly i just was like yeah i can do that why not you know luckily other people were like no i better become an accountant um so our our world can still function it's not everybody going around being like i could be anything i want (laughs) but for me personally i I, yeah that mr rogers mr rogers neighborhood worked out pretty well i did sure did uh question 41 who should play you in a movie of your life like Matt, well, Matt Damon, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously, yes, of course. <laughs> One time, a, a guy at a zipline place was called me Fat Ashton Kutcher, so <laughs> I always took that as a compliment. <laughs> I was like, "You may have started it off with fat, but then you said someone very attractive, so I'm going to take that." I <laughs> uh, maybe I I've also heard a uh, Dave Grohl that I look like Dave Grohl or Post Malone are the two people I've heard the most. So I could see I'd be honored if either of them, I mean, they're both far more talented than I. 
Yeah, do it like that Bob Dylan biopic where like all of them get a shot at it, you know? <laughs> Sadly, I don't think anyone's trying to make a movie about me, but you know, who knows? There's still plenty of time. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. Uh 42. Who's the biggest celebrity you've ever met in person? I mean, that's a you know, my job is Yeah. Meeting yeah. a new celebrity or two every week. <laughs> I guess globally, probably The Rock, Dwayne Ooh. Johnson. Yeah, I'm trying to think truly. Like, like, who does someone in India and China and Russia and England and Brazil know? And I'm like, I think it might be Dwayne Johnson, right? They smell what The Rock is cooking. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a global superstar. Any of those Marvel people, you know, too? True. Like anyone who's in the MCU. That's, it's uh, it's up there. It's up there. I did get bit by... I got bit in the hand by Joe Biden's dog, so that's something. I think that's... Part of me doesn't want to know any context, just to, like, <laughs> fill up the story <laughs> myself, you know? I went to the White House and his dog hit me on the hand. <laughs> the new dog. <laughs> yeah, that might qualify. In terms of proximity to power, like Dwayne Johnson is the most famous. But in terms of someone who knows the most powerful person in the world, Joe Biden's dog is probably the closest. Unless The Rock bit you. Unless Dwayne Johnson, he didn't. Actually... No, he didn't. Yeah. As much as I begged, I begged him, he wouldn't do it. Wow, Dwayne, just a little, just a nibble, just for the story. I was like, I'm trying to make this my thing that like famous, important figures bite me. I'm trying. If I can get three, then it becomes a thing, and then it'll just take on a life of its own. Yeah. Uh, forty-three TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about. Okay, my friend Josh, who I, I knew from college, turned me onto this history podcast. It's called The Rest is History. Good name. Hosted by these two affable British fellas who just make fun of each other and each other's books the whole time. That uh, I've really been enjoying lately. Really, really been enjoying. Nice. So I don't know if anyone knows that. I'm sure it's it's wildly popular because they came to do some live podcasts in America and they sold out like instantly. So oh wow, they I'm sure there's a big following, uh, but it was new to me. I, was, I had never heard of it, and I was just like, "What is this? This is great." These two are very charming, and and, I, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Oh, that rules, yeah. I also like. I'm going to call out this dude. I don't even know if this is. There's this animator. I think his name is Joe Kappa. Are you familiar with this guy? I'm not. No. He makes the weirdest shit. But my my writing partner, Mikey Day, and I like just adore his stuff. <laughs> and it's so weird and random. I I don't I can't even really describe what it is, but it is so funny, and I just like got served his stuff online and kind of slowly started just like investigating it, and I was like, this guy is brilliant, 
and very twisted and weird and i i enjoy it a lot i'm intrigued and i hope i hope that's his name i think it is <laughs> i think everyone is going to find out very shortly if that is Let's indeed so. his name <laughs> uh 44 favorite comedian man that's a tough one i think in terms of pure laughs out of me probably bill burr mm. i've just i've never seen anyone kill and i opened for him once oh wow and i it was such a dream gig i opened for him at foxwoods this casino in connecticut and i did you know my 15 minutes or whatever and i and i thought i did well i was like came off stage and was like wow i did great that was great and then he went on and just had a the audience in a rolling laugh for 90 minutes it was like nothing i've ever seen like people couldn't breathe they were laughing so hard and that was like and i when he came off stage i was like that was maybe the best set i've i've ever seen anyone do my entire life and he was like yeah it was all right well you know <laughs> it's just like a normal night for him <laughs> you know he was like he was like annoyed he had to go to the meet and greet you know like <laughs> which i understand because like you just worked really hard for 90 minutes now you got to go like chat which yeah. is annoying but i was like to have just a teaspoon of that ability i would have never given up stand-up ever i mean and he has that really brilliant thing that great stand-ups have of just being able to say the a thing that initially should make everyone mad and you should disagree with wholeheartedly and then you can't help but laugh at it because he's pointed out your own hypocrisy within <laughs> his bit, you know, where you're just like, oh, fuck, you got me. You got me again with that one. He's, he's brilliant. He he really is. I think in terms of just making me laugh the most. I mean, there's a there's so many great comics, and I'm lucky enough to like have worked or crossed paths with so many of them. But I think in terms of just sheer laughs, he he's probably at the top of the pile. Forty five. Uh, biggie, best Saturday Night Live cast member of all time. Of all time. I gotta... I'm gonna call it a tie. Oh. I'm gonna call it a tie between Will Ferrell mm -hmm. and Kenan Thompson. Just for verse... They, I think they fulfill... They fill a similar role in that they... They were ensemble players. They would elevate straight roles. But they could also just do they could they could, you know, completely dominate a sketch if they wanted, but they could also be the waiter and get a huge laugh, you know. Yeah. They were just both of them huge team players, which is what you want in a show like that. You need people like that. And and I think and I'll put Cecily Strong in there as well in terms of just sheer ability to just yeah. do anything you gave her she could just do it and do it better than you imagined it i mean it's it's hard to 
it's hard. And then I'll put my, my boy Mikey up there as well. I mean, I don't, Mikey would flip out if I was like, as good <laughs> as Wilbur, but, uh, but his contribution to the show in terms of just being a solid, reliable guy. And then, but also the writing element too, you know, he's just a genius writer and, and will write stuff. He's, as far as I know, the only cast member who's ever written a sketch that he's not in. He's just written a sketch wow. for another person. As far as I know, I could be wrong about that, but like I've seen it. I've seen him do it. <laughs> Where he's just like, this is a funny sketch, but there's no part for me, but I'm just going to write it anyway. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. But yeah, I mean, there's so many to. Ch- I mean, look, and then how do you like not talk about Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah, or like Gilda or Belushi, but like I wasn't around for them, so I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see it <laughs> firsthand. But yeah, that's a that's a kind of a, and I'm sure people will get mad at me. Hopefully, no one from SNL listens to this, or I'm being deep deep shit. Oh, they all do. They're big big fans. Fuck, fuck, I'm screwed. They have a listening party with Claire Danes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, with Claire, they don't invite me. <laughs> I thought it was rude, but they they defended it. So, oh okay, what I no, Claire, how could you? And Matt Damon's there, and all, all my <laughs> he brings chips. Joe, Bo- yeah. Joe Biden's dog, like all my best <laughs> friends, like they're all there. <laughs> it's a party, man. It's a party. Uh, forty-six. What's the nerdiest thing you've done? Probably go to New Haven to try to find Claire Danes when she was in college. That's pretty fucking nerdy, I would say. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's some there could be like a movie about like a sad dork who's like, I'm gonna go meet this famous girl that <laughs> I mean it's it's endless. There I've done so many sad, sad things, but <laughs> For brevity's sake, let's call it that. <laughs> Go to Yale, baby. Uh... Which I didn't, which uh, I would have never gotten into, by the way. <laughs> Not even close. 47. Least favorite state. Least favorite state? Oh, mm-hmm. no. I don't know, man. I There's something to love about all of them. I think I've been to, I've been to 48 of them. Oh, and uh, there's something to enjoy about all of them. I, I don't think I can answer that one. I mean, I guess if I just had to pull it out, I'd say Rhode Island. But <laughs> a little pipsqueak of a state. I, yeah. <laughs> I grew up next to it, and they had waves, and we didn't. And I was always mm. jealous of that. And I was like, why you guys get waves? You're like nothing, you know, but so is Connecticut. So it's like, we're all nothing up there. <laughs> true. True. Uh, 48. Best thing you've ever won. Probably. A, we, we won like a couple writers guild awards for SNL that I was pretty proud of. People don't want to give SNL awards. They just don't, especially on the writing side. Like, We've never we we never win writing Emmys, you know. I think like I we're we get nominated a lot. I think I have got I think I've got nine Emmy nomination 
letters, you know, like sitting in a closet. Yeah. We never win. Um, is, it, is it just too much of an institution? Like people just like, yeah, it's always. I think, there. yeah, I think the perception is like, oh, that show, they always win everything. But like the writers never win. You know, mm-hmm. we never, never win. True. We lose to John Oliver. I've been losing to John Oliver for a decade now. Been going on multiple award shows. And you got to show up and you sit there and you clap and you, we lose to John Oliver every time. To the point where it's like comical. Like one time they had John Oliver had his intern go up and accept the award. And I was like, well, this is honestly disrespectful oh. to the rest of us. I was like, we all came. You can't have your <laughs> intern come up and accept an Emmy on your like this is wow at least stand of one writer surely <laughs> someone's not writing something this week but so so when we have one which is not often but when we have one I, I I felt pretty proud to like and also because like SNL and it's kind of a joke like employs like 30 writers mm. which people will be like oh I can't believe it. like and it's you know that's all you could do but it's like you know that's 30 well-paid union jobs that SNL provides you know like so I guess yeah. it's, it's a joke that we have so many writers but it's like these people are getting benefits healthcare, a union a union paycheck like I, I think that's great I don't know absolutely <laughs> yeah. I think that's good more more people more people getting their start and stuff I think that's great oh yeah 49. Is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? I have about 5,000 comic books one room away that I collected for for a couple years and then my dad got, most of them were bought by my dad who got more into it than I did. During the kind of comics boom of the 90s. Yeah. Death of Superman era, type, you know, when they're worth basically when they're worthless, when they printed so many. <laughs> like, the price of all of them dropped because there's yes. just a billion of them in, in <laughs> publication. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a bunch of little collections going. I also collected, and this is more of a grown up collection, but I, I've been into collecting, um, like legal colonial american legal documents which basically amount to like some judge telling someone they have to like get out of town or be whipped you know where it's like some like 'er ne'er-do-well is in town and some like magistrate is like you must leave town by this date or like you'll be put in the stocks and stuff i always find them so funny because they're so formal but the punishments they're threatening are so just, you know, of another era, like truly like you'll be put in the stocks or like we will, you know, you'll be put in like a little cage in the middle of town and everyone will throw, <laughs> throw shit at you for a day. And then, and then you have to leave either way. So you might as well leave now. Where do you even find those? Is that like just. <laughs> I find weird auction websites. <laughs> Wow. It's a it's 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 ephemera, as I've said, ephemera. It's like written, sure. you know, these old parchment documents that are really funny. That's that's wild. Uh question fifty. And the last of the fighting questions, I swear. Okay, good, good. Dubbed the Ryan Davis. You're in a fight to the death with another person equal to your size, 
You're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife. Knowing the other weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which do you choose, knife or bat? Bat. Range. Mm. So more of a more of a ranged weapon. And I have long arms. I think I could. Yeah, bat. I wow. go bat. Definitively team bat. Aluminum, too. It's metal, you know. I think oh, yeah. one good hit, that fight's over. Mm. You go just. And I wouldn't go wherever. I wouldn't think they'll go for the head. I go for the knee. Mm. I go low. Good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You've thought of this before. <laughs> oh no, I've been in I've been in a number of bat knife fights before. <laughs> that strategy's worked for me. I'm talking to you now, right? So it worked. We have got plenty more episode left with the great Streeter Seidel. Uh, and listen, doesn't matter what genre the SNL music is. Uh, it's kind of ska. But what matters more is the music from this here show. Like the song you're hearing right now from the Mini Vandals or the song that's going to play us back from break from DJ Williams. Maybe even the opening song from Diala or the closing one from Single Friend. Also, if you like what you hear here, maybe share it with a friend. Maybe send a tweet out. Maybe give us five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify even. You could rate on Spotify now. I have like three seconds here to fill. Let's get back to the show. We got one more thing before we get back to the show. Something brand new, something I'm very excited about. The 99 Questions... Hotline? Hotline. Sure, that's what we're going to go with. I created a phone number for you to call. You can leave me a voicemail. If you have questions for me, if you have questions about the show, if you have questions for future guests, you can call in, leave a voicemail, and your voice might be the one actually asking the question live on the show. Well, not live. It's pre-recorded. But you know what I mean. I got the number right here. 732 592 9838. That spells out Real Wax Vet. That's right. Real Wax Vet. Like a veterinarian who's really made of wax. I don't know. All the good numbers are taken, so this is the closest one I could get. Real Wax Vet. One more time, that's 732 592 9838. Give it a call. Leave a message. Have a great day. By the way, uh, let me t- let me tell you, God bless you for asking for 7 p.m. because this has gotten me out of bedtime for my two children, <laughs> and my I just dumped it on my wife like I gotta go, I gotta do this thing. You clean up everything. A podcast. I, I was like, I got no. I didn't say that. I was like, I have an interview. 
<laughs> which Ooh. kind of gives it a little more heft. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I was Gravitas. like, I got to do a podcast, you'd be like, what gives a shit? It's a podcast. But I was like, I have an interview. And I need to go upstairs to the third floor and be alone. So you clean everything, put the children to bed. It, it's been great. So you're welcome. You. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, 51. What's your phone wallpaper right now? Uh, it's a picture of my two children eating a donut that I got them. And they're blissfully happy. And it's one of my favorite pictures that I've ever. I just I look at it all the time. It makes me happy. Love that. Uh, 52. What's the last thing you Googled? Um, flights. <laughs> My wife and I are trying to surprise our children with a trip. And so we're, but every flight is very expensive right now. So it was just, uh, you know, Newark to this place, Newark to this place, <laughs> Newark, you know, like trying to find a decent price on a flight. Yeah. EWK to wherever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there are none, unfortunately. <laughs> 53. You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? Scarfer. Because pet- all animals like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Got a scarfing on the day. Yeah. 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 I think that'd be all right. I like it. Could go for a cat, dog, you know, frog, whatever, <laughs> a snake, whatever. This is my fish scarfer. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, 54. What professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? Hmm. I'm not too well versed in the wrestling world, but I would ho- I I would hope it'd be someone like Undertaker. Only because my man's been around forever. I remember Undertaker when I was a little kid, and he's like still at it, I believe. He retired a year ago. Like, yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he's like 60 years old, pretty much, and he's still doing it. And I'm like, I mean, if I could, if I could eke out a career for that long, you know weird field i'll take it (laughs) i don't need to be the star or anything but just like he's he's hung in there you know he's a survivor that's what it seems like even though he's i believe dead i believe he's dead he is famously (laughs) yes the dead man uh registered trademark yes uh 55 what's your comfort food on a bad day oh unfortunately I've, i've got a lot of them but I'll uh I'll always go for a burger, mm. or uh, I do love a Philly cheesesteak, or a, a Connecticut lobster roll, which is the hot kind oh, with butter, with just the butter. Yep. Yeah, not that not that main kind with the mayonnaise and shit, which is also very good. But like, if I'm really if I need to like, if I'm depressed and I'm like I need to put calories in me, I'll go for the Connecticut one oh it's it's so much more indulgent it's just lobster yeah. and butter on a roll like it's great and the heaven. bread is just an idea the bread is mostly <laughs> like a thing to soak up more butter and stuff so you can eat more butter it's just <laughs> an idea <laughs> yeah it like melts it just turns into like butter bread water you know it's it's yeah. soggy it's great it's great. oh it's the best 
56. Favorite smell? Pistachio. Pistachio pudding. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know why. It's very good. Very specific. I like it. I like it. The jello, you know, the green jello pistachio pudding? Yeah. I guess it's a smell taste thing because they're kind of connected, right? But like, whatever that is, I'm just like, yes, that's that's the best. <laughs> the candle scented like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 57. Best candy. Wow. Big question, dude. It's big. All right. There's a discontinued candy that they probably stopped making 20 years ago mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. my head was the best. And it was called bonkers. It's, it was kind of like a starburst that had a different flavor starburst in the middle. Oh, past that. I think I'm going to go with like a, a Skittle, probably Skittles. Ooh, Standard but Skittles. Out... You go tropical, you go Trop- tropical, tropical. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But but check out Bonkers, you know. Give a look at Bonkers. I'm, I've got a, a list of things I got a Wikipedia after this show. <laughs> I'm and full then, of just like random, weird, obscure information. I love it. That that is secretly one of my favorite parts of doing this show is that every episode I get music recommendations, movie recommendations, <laughs> random articles I can just go on a deep dive on. It rules. Like Terrare, check out Terrare. I, you will not be disappointed. I feel like you're going to look at Terrare once we're done here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see an email from you tomorrow morning and be like, you were right. Terrare is amazing. <laughs> it's top tier comedy. Just whoever, again, whoever wrote the Wikipedia article for it, get in touch with me. Come on to SNL. You clearly understand pace, comic pacing and timing and how to hit a punchline at the end. It's beautifully done. <laughs> I I cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, 58. Worst candy. Oh, well, that's clearly a tie between Charleston Chew and Raisinets. Ooh, Raisinets. <laughs> they're Raisinets. both very bad. Oh. Raisinets, they pretend like they're going to be good, and then there's a fucking raisin in the middle giving me fruit. And then Charleston Chew is just just a, it's labor. I, I mean, it's just a that. bad, yeah. a horrible candy. I, I get that in 1911 that might have been an exciting thing but we have like sour patch kids now we have gummy cherries we have skittles we have starbucks we have good candy and then charleston chews out there just stinking it up it's a big conspiracy by dentists just like leave it, it on just the market. sucks i don't mind a sticky uh filling pulling candy like a sugar daddy or something but like I don't know. Charleston Chew just there's not enough sweetness mm. to make it worth the effort. Yeah. I bet you burn more calories eating that than you intake. It's like celery. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's you're at a caloric deficit if you eat Charleston Chew all day. You'll become skinnier, which is not the purpose of a candy. Oh, you're on the Charleston diet? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh 59. What's a restaurant you'd recommend? Hmm. 
oh, there's so many, but I've always, uh, you know what? I guess they're, they're national now. I've always been a, I've been a day one Shake Jack fan Ooh. from when they opened their first one in Madison Square Park when there you had to wait in line for like two hours. <laughs> and I don't think ever since they went like national, I don't think the quality has dropped like that much. Like it's still pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm a big Shake Shack believer. <laughs> and if you can believe <laughs> in anything in this crazy world. <laughs> or I'd say if you're in my all-time favorite restaurant, if you're in my hometown of Madison, Connecticut, headdress down to the clam castle <laughs> that was my all right my favorite restaurant buried the lead here clam <laughs> castle the clam castle is the shit it's so great also that's a great ska band name right there the clam <laughs> yeah. castle it's iconic and it's also i believe the famous french chef jacques pepin's who is like Julia Child's buddy. Oh, I believe yeah. it might be his favorite restaurant as well. <laughs> Cause I think he like moved to my town as, as an older man. Uh, but I, I believe, I believe there's like, it's not just me. It's me and this <laughs> famed French chef who recommend the clam castle. <laughs> clam ca uh, you had me at clam castle. I mean, that's it's, all I it's worth the trip. It's worth the trip. Uh, Got a free weekend coming up here. Let's say <laughs> trip to the ye old castle. Uh, yeah. Question sixty: What's a food you've never eaten? Veal. Mm. I've never had veal, and I never will. I just think I'm a big meat eater, but I remember seeing something where it was like. They put the baby cat, they break the baby cow's legs. And I was like, too much. I can't do it. I don't care how good yeah. it is. I won't. I just can't do it. It's, it's too mean. Yeah. I don't mind like raising animals for slaughter. I'm, I'm like, great. I've probably eaten 300 cows in my life. You know, I've eaten, <laughs> I've eaten an, a whole species worth of animals, but something about, and the babies i'm like ah, i just can't do it yeah probably better off is it good i bet it's fucking awesome i bet it's so good it's really good is the saddest part it's absolutely delicious is the, yeah. the brutal twist in this whole thing I'll, i think i'll go to my grave not knowing how good it is and i'll, I'll be okay with that if that's the one decent thing i do as a human just double up on the clam castle miss the veal yeah. don't worry <laughs> I'll, I'll sit down, I'll eat 600 clams, straight up. I'll eat an entire generation of clams, but no veal. Better man than I. I like it. Uh, 61, what's the strangest food that you have eaten? Mm. Well, not to harp on the clam castle, but in Connecticut, we do something called whole belly clams. Yes. Most people do clam strips. But we put the whole nasty ass clam in there and its whole guts and stuff. And it it honestly looks like a testicle. Um, we also do steamers, which are not breaded and fried, just like <laughs> full testicle clams. I love steamers, uh, yeah. 
but people are very grossed out by it and i understand why because it does not look appetizing and it might not be that good but I, you know you grow <laughs> up on stuff and you eat it and you're like this is great yeah plus you get the little broth you can dip it in and all that junk yeah, yeah. it's good it's, it's fantastic but you know uh 62 what's a typical day off day off for me now is like my wife is just she gets the day off and so i'm i i just do all the kids stuff and it's taking the kids to school i'll clean the house it's very uh domestic very domestic gotcha which is great you know no absolutely uh 63 bucket list item that you accomplished oh that i accomplished mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. i guess working at snl honestly that's that's the thing I always said I wanted to do when I was a little kid, and it's the only one that I've done, <laughs> as opposed to being like a Lego designer. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's it. I think that's got to be it. That's that's up there. I mean, don't don't soft sell it. That's a that's a big. No, I, it's I to me it's. I mean, I've been there for. I'm obviously not eager to leave <laughs> hung around for a long time. Cause I'm just like, I don't think it gets better than this. This is exactly what I wanted it to be. And it, it's wonderful. And I'll hang there as long as I can. Uh, love it. Uh, 64 bucket list item. You probably won't accomplish. Well, I always thought that I could be an actor in a movie. And I don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> having tried it, um, very bad at it. <laughs> and uh, having seen, like, good actors, I was like, oh, right, right, okay, yeah, no. You're, I'm bad at this. Yeah, I should do this. It'll be embarrassing and bad. So, so I've kind of given up on the, given up on that dream. You know, when you're a little kid, you're just like, yeah, I can make, I can play make-believe pretty hard i can pretend to be someone yeah you spin know? that off into a movie game <laughs> and that's yeah. all you think it is and then you're like oh there's like a real skill to this you have to really really study this kind of thing it's hard oh yeah uh 65 dubbed by previous guests the realest question of the bunch oh shit okay name of a friend you don't keep in contact with but regret it oh wow i know exactly that is the honestly the realest question because <laughs> it kind of cuts deep to your soul i think everyone immediately has a name in mind with this question that's what i love about absolutely it. my best friend growing up adam rice who I, I guess I don't keep in touch with. I kind of am aware of what his life is, but like, we don't, we don't hang out. We don't talk or anything. Uh, but he was just like, you know, you're just my childhood best friend. He just made me laugh more than anyone. Yeah. Adam, 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 goddamn rice. If you're listening, Adam rice, I miss you, buddy. I love you. Aww. And my son knows all about you. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's heard the, the tales best. of Adam Rice. Also, excellent name. Excellent story name. Like, 
Oh yeah. If you're verbally telling a story to someone and it involves Adam Rice, it's a good story. The funniest fucking dude I've ever met. One day on the school bus, out of nowhere, he we were just on a field trip, just sitting in like the middle of the bus somewhere. He just ducked behind the seat and screamed so loud. <laughs> the whole bus was like, and the teachers and shit were like, what the fuck? And then he just sat up with like this totally neutral face, like just watching the chaos. I was like, this dude is on another level. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> so good. Uh, 66. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? Maybe the, maybe um, Catan. Ooh. Because I played Catan for a little bit with your boy Jeff Rubin, mm-hmm. who's like, as you know, the board game king. Loves it. Yeah. Uh, basically, last time I went to his, his, before he moved, his, like, he had like a whole wall of his apartment was board game. Um, and so, like, if I ever see it, I'm like, it reminds me of this period of my 20s. That I was like, I was hanging out with all the college humor people, and we were really tight and having a good time, and we didn't have any real responsibilities. And we would just, like, sometimes play <laughs> Catan, sometimes sometimes play ping pong, sometimes do drugs together. It was a very fun time. Love that. By the way, I, I'll uh, interject with this real quick. Uh, there's a phrase that I... A tribute to you. I believe Jeff Rubin said it, so it's weird that I attribute it to you. But it was from a video you made probably 12, 15 years ago or whatever at this point. But it was you doing like a exit interview as people would leave New York. And I believe, Oh yeah. yeah. And I believe it was you and Jeff Rubin. And Jeff, as you were driving off in New York, he just went, So long, stink town. Yeah, and I remember that. <laughs> every road trip I've ever been on since when we're crossing state borders, I go, so long, stink town. <laughs> and then he was like, he was like back within like two years. <laughs> Welcome back to stink town, buddy. I remember doing those and it was honestly a very depressing time in my life because literally all my friends were leaving like my entire friend group was like because college humor i left college humor Mm -hmm. because they were they kind of like i don't know there's weird corporate fuckery and stuff but yeah they were all like going to la and i was like i was worked for the website chunk not the video chunk and i was like Mm. oh i can already see that the website is dying and i don't want to be i don't want to be the captain of the titanic you know so i was like i'm out of here yeah but truly my whole friend group just like left within like three months and it was just like a huge bummer i was just alone so i was like well at least this will be a little fun parting thing i'll drive my friends to the airport for them to leave but then truly almost all of them came back within a couple of years <laughs> which is funny they're all back here now almost all of them the siren song of stink town you know brings them all yeah back. stink stink town has a has a charm <laughs> uh 60 67 
What game? Is this the longest one of these you've ever done? Not even close. Is wow, that, okay. Is I did I guess I didn't realize I was like, yeah, 99 questions, whatever. We'll burn through that. And we're out, we're a third. We're a third through. <laughs> Two thirds, sir. We're with the sixties here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You've discovered my weakness is math. Sixty-seven. What game have you spent the most time playing? Does video games count? Yeah, absolutely. Probably Fortnite. Probably Fortnite. I got swept up in the Fortnite craze. I haven't played it in like probably six months, seven months or something now. But there was a while there that I was very, very deeply into it. And it's given me a lot of cachet with the neighborhood kids. Mm. Like the not the kids my son's age, but like those kids' older brothers will be like, <laughs> I heard you have like um I heard you have like uh, like four four or five hundred Victor Royales. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess. And they're like, can you can you teach me? Yeah. You're a sensei of Fortnite. Yeah, it's kind of giving me just like I've like have like one thing that the the neighborhood kids will be like, well, that guy's actually kind of cool because he's actually pretty good at Fortnite. <laughs> you know, I I get it. I get it. Yeah, take you gotta take those W's where you can, you know. Hey, and if that's from wiping out Tomato Town, listen, get it where <laughs> you can take it. Uh, sixty-eight. What's something you built with your own hands? Not much. <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs> the Lego monorail. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of pieces on that bad boy. It goes for thousands. I've heard. That honestly might be it. <laughs> uh, sixty-nine. Best pickup line. Don't have one. <laughs> I, I, I don't have one. I'm so sorry. There. Never never had one. Never used one. Question 70. Have you ever had any good nicknames? No, and it's been the bane of my existence because my name is weird. Mm. So people have tried to, like, give me a nickname. And people will get real excited because they're normally embarrassing or something. And they just don't, they don't stick. Mm. It's just, I, it's just like street is, has been my nickname since I was born and that, and nobody can defeat it. (laughs) It just, no, people have tried. I, I dare you to try to give me a nickname. It will not work. You know, streeter, it's good, short. To the point, memorable, it's all there. Uh, 71. Do you believe in love at first sight? Certainly do. I married a, my wife as my love at first sight. Wow. In sixth grade, I saw her and was like, who is that? <laughs> and then a whole 15 years later, we got married. <laughs> wow. It's incredible. So. There was other loves in between, of course, but you know, it was like sometimes when you're 12, your brain makes one accurate observation and you should <laughs> stick with it. Because I also think, like, a lot of times where I was like, you know, you think kids are dumb. Like, you're just like, whatever, you're a kid, you don't know what you're talking about. But then I'm like, you know, I've, I always thought that one teacher was a fucking idiot. 
And I was right. Looking back, I was like, <laughs> as an adult, I'm like, that teacher was an idiot. I was correct when I was 10. I was yeah. correct when I was 11. You know, <laughs> you're not right about everything. But every so often, there's one thing you'll just be spot on. And so it was like a couple dumb teachers and the love of my life, my wife, Vanessa, <laughs> that I was correct about as a young man. Pretty good average. I like it. Uh, 72. What's a big turnoff of yours? Stanky breath. <laughs> I mean, who's, who's into that? Nobody. Not <laughs> many. Yeah, that's a rough one. <laughs> 73. Do you consider yourself an artist? Oh, man. There's no good way to answer that question. <laughs> There's only like, of course I do on some level, but that's yeah. so pretentious, you know? It's so pretentious because I'm like, I write the dumbest shit. Like of the <laughs> of the SNL writing staff, I would say like my stuff is among the stupidest. But there is an art to writing stupid shit that a mass audience can enjoy. And I feel like I've spent years studying and crafting that so <laughs> i i don't consider myself an artist like a playwright or a poet or a painter does but uh you know in the way that like how do i create something the most people can like you know yeah <laughs> which is kind of an art form i guess <laughs> I absolutely yeah i'm i'm sure there are you know stockbrokers who are like i am an artist of the stock market and they're not wrong it's like <laughs> when it's like it's just appreciating something at a level that like a lay person does not you know yeah i guess is what it is no 100 percent. uh 74 what's something you tried to cook and failed Oh man, there's like no, there's no end to that question. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> lamb, uh, <laughs> lamb, lamb. I think I tried to make lamb one time, and it was it was not good. And numerous fish, numerous fish. Oh, the fish, yeah. And that's an expensive fuck up too, you know. Yeah. Any fish you fuck up, it's just like other than salmon, you're like, God damn, I just wasted. My 30 bucks, 40 bucks. <laughs> and this sucks, and we're just going to eat it, but it's bad. Uh, 75. Dubbed the Ben Hansen after the first guest to this here show. What's the greatest piece of art ever made? Damn, dude, these questions are huge. <laughs> <laughs> Real ebbs and flows between. Are you trying to say, like, which one of my sketches is the greatest piece of art? <laughs> listen, listen, if that's what you believe, <laughs> who am I to stop you? I certainly don't. I certainly <laughs> don't. I truly don't know. I mean, that is a really... What do people say? Um, the Mona Lisa? The I've, David? I've <laughs> heard quite a few paintings. I think that the titular Ben Hansen said Hamilton, the play. Um, I've heard some. <laughs> I've heard That's some funny. like Spirited Away, the movie. Uh, yeah, Iron Giant. <laughs> I, 
Iron Giant. Listen, I love the Iron Giant. I love the Iron Giant. I don't know, man. Like the the cave paintings in France, like (laughs) yeah, the little bulls that they made with the red paint. Yeah, those are yeah. Like I guess that was like the number. That was like the first time we tried to do art. That is a tough one. I just enjoy so many things from so many eras that it's like hard to really put one as the greatest. Maybe. I don't know. Might be that Wikipedia article. The more I'm, it might be the Terrare Terrare (laughs) Wikipedia article. Might be the greatest thing that a human mind has created. I'll say that or the city of Petra, perhaps. The city (laughs) of Petra. The city of Petra. I find deeply fascinating. Hmm. If you're familiar with Indiana Jones, they go to Petra. It's where the city's carved into cliff sides and stuff like that. Right, right, right. Um, It seems, I've never been there, but every time I see it, I'm just like, who would do this? This is wild. (laughs) I don't know, man. That question's too big. But yeah, the Terrare Wikipedia article. (laughs) In terms of how, in terms of giving me enjoyment, it might be that one. (laughs) All roads lead to Terrare here, and I, I love it. Uh, 76. Have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal? Kind of, but I, oh? I'm so deeply, I so deeply don't believe in that stuff. But like, I did, I do remember, and this is depressing. I don't know. This is fifth of vibe here, but like, the truly the night my dad died, I had like a dream about it. But I was wow. like, like, that's probably just because he was on my mind because I knew he was sick and I knew he was going to die soon. So I was like, that, mm-hmm. you know, my rational side works it out that way. But like, there's no denying I had a dream about my dad the night he died, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess if we're going to say paranormal, that's as close as I've come to it. All right, all right. That and I met. There's a ghost that lives in my house that I've met and talked to, um, and tells me to do stuff so that um she can like pass over or whatever. But like other than that, no. Other than that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seventy-seven. Would you ever use a Ouija board? Yeah, hell yeah, very fun. Because now that I know I can I can do it with my kids and I can control it and freak them out. So yeah. Mm, that's good. 78. Simply why? Simply why? Just why. I guess the only answer is because. And you're not an artist, you say. He's I'm using my eighth grade logic, where it's like, <laughs> why did you do that? Because. Because I did. Perfect. <laughs> 79. If given the chance, when would you time travel to? Oh, hell yeah. Well, I definitely want to check out the Roman Empire just to see. Because also that was like the last time we had toilets. We had toilets and then we didn't have toilets for like a thousand plus years. And then we got toilets again. What happened to them toilets? Yeah. We had they had plumbing, they had heating. They had, it yeah. was just like they were fairly comfortable, and then we were just uncomfortable for a few thousand years, and then now we're comfortable again. So, in yeah. terms of sheer comfort, I think I'd head there. 
And I also want to go check out, um, which was during Roman times. I definitely want to go check out Jesus and see what's up. Yeah. See if he's cool. And just be like, I just want to be like, this is the most famous man that's ever lived. Yeah. You know, whether or not you believe Jesus was God or anything, I'm like, there's no denying this man is the most famous, influential man that ever lived. You know, yeah. changed the course of the world's history completely. So just want to check that out. See what's up. Get him to bite yeah. you and like add it to the yeah. gimmick, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, the thing is, famous people bite me. Would you mind? <laughs> Mr. Christ, if you wouldn't mind. Just a devil. I also feel like I'd be like two feet taller than everyone, so I'd immediately be like regarded mm. as some incredible warrior or something. Everyone was like five feet tall, and I'd just be rolling in there just a full foot taller than everybody. So <laughs> bonking your heads on all their my life would be pretty sweet. Yeah. You'd have it you'd have it set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question 80. Have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it? No, not really. I don't think so. I've been, always been more of like an ease into it guy. Yeah. yeah. That. <laughs> Anytime I've tried to make a big change, I've quickly reverted back <laughs> to what I was. You know, I've oh, been yeah. like, I'm a gym guy now and I go to the gym every day for two hours. And then within a month, I'm just like back on the couch eating chips. So it's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 81. What game show past or present would you love to be a contestant on? What's the one where they lie? To tell the truth. Was that it? Oh, they yes. have three yeah. people on. I feel like I'd, I'm a great liar. I've done like comedy shows where you had to go up and just tell lies. And you'd have, it was like a two truths and a lie thing. And I just absolutely dominated it. Uh, So I feel like I would, I do pretty well on that show. As the, not a contestant, as one of the liars. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) As the fibber, as it's known in the business. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of a contestant, I'd love to be on Cash Cab because anytime Ooh. I've watched it, I've been like, oh, I know all the answers to this. I, I think I'd win the cash. Yeah. So they're pretty softball questions. I think I could get, I think I could do well. Cash Cab, what a moment in time. What a great show. I know. <laughs> it was great. It was great fun. Oh, I always love, you'll always find those random, like, oh, there's only seven minutes left in this Cash Cab episode. And just like one dude sitting in the Cash Cab and it's like, uh, it doesn't. It feels like he doesn't even want to be there. But it's like you want to win some money. Like a lot of them didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they're like somewhat annoyed that they're doing this. Like I had a <laughs> dinner appointment. All right, sure. I guess I'll. Yeah, I guess I'll tell you whatever. Who discovered America first, or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, the rules. Eighty-two. What's a quote that you love? I don't know that I have one. I'm sure I do. I just can't think of one right now. That's fair. Um, I, I apologize. <laughs> All my quote heads are tuning <laughs> off. That's not a thing. Uh, 83. What's the best shirt that you own? Oh. Mm. 
I have a blue chambray like short sleeve button down from Bonobos that my wife fucking hates. <laughs> that is notorious in my family because I wear it all summer long. Ooh. I just wear it every day. I have two of them and I just swap them out. They all hate them. I love it. I also have a shacket that I from Brixton that I wear all winter long that I just adore. It's like mm-hmm. a yeah, you know, it's a shacket. It's a shirt jacket. It's great. Of course. Shout out to Brixton. I love it. they make a nice they make a nice shirt for a bigger man, I gotta say. One of the finest shackets I've ever seen. <laughs> Truly. I, this thing's like eight years old and I've been wearing it. Yeah, I'll sometimes look at like pictures from like you know years ago like one of them will get like surfaced or whatever i'm like oh there's my shirt i'm wearing i'm still wearing that shirt (laughs) sign of good quality that's what it is it is it's a well-made garment uh 84 would you change your middle name no my middle name is john and which I believe was an escape valve my parents gave me if I didn't want to be Streeter. If I was like, I hate that I have this weird name. I could have <laughs> just been John, you know? Yeah. So I like that my middle name is like basically the most standard boy's name that's ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. In case of emergency, break glass, yes. use middle name. Be John. <laughs> 85. What's a good impression you can do? Like an actual good one or one that I think is good? I will absolutely take either. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't really have any, which is funny. I just, I can do like impressions of other people's impressions, but only if I hear them do it immediately. Like I can't summon one up, which is, I'm, it's a huge disappointment for me and you and your listeners. <laughs> You're not going to make the great impression supercut here. Yeah. Who <laughs> Who else? Who's got Who's got a good one? What did Jeff Rubin say? Oh, oh, he did. He did a uh, character from the TV show Fringe, which is like <laughs> <laughs> the most Jeff Rubin. What's the most Jeff Rubin thing I've ever heard? <laughs> it rules and I'll play it for you right now Peter you must admit it is possible that the particles from the love could pass through the wall and create something that seems like a ghost it is possible and there it is magic oh my god he's goddamn got it he's got that down how did I have that at the ready? <laughs> I know I have none. Like I hear, I mean, I work with like, obviously like some of the best impressionists ever. And like, I'll hear James Austin Johnson do Trump and I'll be around it. And I'll, and then I'll be like, I'll, I'll have to write in that voice, you know? So mm. like, I'll hear it in my head and I'll, and I'll do it. But it's clearly not anything like what an actual good impressionist could do. <laughs> so I'm, I just don't have one, I'm afraid. Hey, 
if you know any characters from Fringe, you could try out a couple here. But I don't have any. I don't have anyone from Fringe. Okay, all right. <laughs> I got no one. But that show so deep in the zeitgeist. Embar- I'm embarrassed. I'm mortified. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Eighty six. Is there a tattoo you wanted to get but are glad you didn't get? Mm, no, because I have the one that I I have. A few that I shouldn't have gotten. <laughs> I now have. Uh that I'm like, shit, why did that was stupid? <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the good lesson with tattoos is eventually you just hate them all. You know, you're all you eventually are like, why did I do this? <laughs> At some point, you know. Life lesson. Uh, 87. How would you describe your 16 year old self? I guess he was a uh, very serious boy, <laughs> a very uh, mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. big ideas, was very motivated. Uh, yeah, he's not. I guess I'm not that different than I was at 16. Kind of a, a little, a, a light dreamer, let's say. Ooh. You know, someone who uh, who's imagination was bigger than their abilities um uh but and who adored a hawaiian shirt oh who doesn't i mean come on yeah uh but i i don't know i guess i wasn't that i was always like a goofball kind of loud mouth like not i wouldn't say class clown i because i don't think a class clown is actually funny Mm. Is my thing. I always felt like a class clown is just like a dumbass who just like is a. It's about the attention. It's not about what's funny. You know, like yes. the funnier person is the one sitting in the back row, kind of mumbling jokes to their friend next to them. Like that's the actually funny person. The class clown is just an asshole. So like, I never really was like, I'm gonna be. Oh, I want to be a class clown. <laughs> You know, I I look I look down on the class clown. Let's say this is um, the exact like writer versus actor, <laughs> like therapist couch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, believe me, I wanted the attention. I was just too insecure to go try to get it. Um, <laughs> and that is why I'm a writer. Eighty-eight. What's the worst injury you ever had? My mom ran over my arm with her bike when I was a kid. I fell off my bike. I was riding in front of her. I fell off it, and she ran over my arm and snapped it, but then tried to tell me it wasn't broken. And so it (laughs) healed weird. And then, not she wasn't neglectful or anything. She just didn't. She honestly didn't think it was broken, but it was. And then like a month later, I I was climbing up. I was climbing up like a sand dune cliff thing with my cousin and fell off that and rebroke it. Oh. <laughs> and and uh, the doctor was like, well, this looks like it was already broken and kind of healed already and then rebroke. <laughs> so I basically spent like a whole summer of my childhood just like with a Extreme, like an arm that didn't work oh. that just hurt all the time. 
absolutely brutal. That's, that's probably the worst one. Yeah. 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 Uh, 89. What's a habit of yours you want to break? I'm a big time nicotine gum chewer. Ooh. I'm like, and you can, I'm sure you can hear me chewing it right now. But I was a smoker as a younger man and then quit smoking and just started chewing the gum. And I've just been chewing the gum at the rate I was smoking for a decade. <laughs> so just kind of passed off the addiction, not really broke yeah, it, you know? It's, it's, it's like I just, I was like, I'm not addicted to cigarettes. I'm addicted to nicotine. And so however I can, whatever the least cancery way to get that nicotine <laughs> is, that's what I'm going to go for. Um, but it, it's so expensive. Everyone hates it. My wife hates it. So that's, that's my goal this summer is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit this gum. I like it. I like it. I'm going to be a real piece of shit for like two <laughs> weeks. Just a oh, real asshole. Just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question 90. Getting on the home stretch here. Here we go. Nine more. Have you ever lied on your resume? I have. Ooh. Actually, I have lied on my resume. I got a, when I was 19, I, I applied for a bartending job mm. uh, for the summer. And I lied and I said that I had bartended at my college at a bar at my college but i was so strategic with my lie i was like it was a shot in a beer place mm. so even the, even though i had not bartended i was like oh it was kind of a shot in a beer place so i was like trying to put it in their head that i don't know how to make like fancy drinks or anything but i was like i could do the job but i don't know how to like make a martini or whatever yeah. <laughs> and and uh and they they've fully hired me and i had like a i had like this bar like a how to make a drink book like oh. hidden in the bar and so when <laughs> someone would order like a gimlet or like a sidecar like you know these old men would come and they'd be like i'm gonna get a sidecar like i'm gonna get an old-fashioned whiskey sour or whatever and i would be like absolutely and then go like kind of find it in the but this is like this is pre-smartphone where you could just kind of like look it up real quick. So I was just like going through this bar book and then like seeing what was in it and how to make it. And I would make their drink. Uh, but yeah, that was a full lie. That worked. That worked out great. And I loved that job. It was the best job. Bartending when you're 19. Oh my God. That rules. It was great. It was just all my friends would come in and just underage. Serving underage people on Island is great. <laughs> Super fun. Oh, that rules. Uh, 91. Have you ever punched someone in the face? Yeah. Yeah. Not many. Mm. Got a couple fights in like high, what, maybe one or two in high school where I took a swing at a kid. One of them weirdly was at like CCD, like at like religion, like Catholic, like mm-hmm. like, like church school or whatever. A lot of dark stuff went these, down like, on CCD. <laughs> oh yeah, there was like kids like picking on this other kid, like, and me and my, but we didn't know him. They're from, it was from like another town. Me and my friends just like got in the mix with these kids, and then 
also in college, I was a bouncer at a, at a bar in the Bronx. Oh, that'll do. Um, which sounds a lot tougher than it was, but there would be like, you know, fights would break out and like you had to just run in and pull people off each other, basically, was the job. And like there was like one or two, you know, times where then the fight, you got involved in the fight, I guess. But never, never, I was not, I was never one for fighting. I gotcha, I gotcha. Enormous, enormous coward is what I am, so. (laughs) 92. Would you ever go to a nude beach? I've been to a nude beach. Oh. A couple times. But I I don't think I, I don't think I could do it. I've just been there. I see. Yeah. I've found myself on a few. <laughs> There's a beach in New York, um, uh, Fort Tilden, which is like a no rules beach. My wife and I used to go there sometimes. Wow! And and it's like truly like there's just no rules. You can do whatever you want there. So there's like naked people around. People are like, you know, doing drugs and stuff. It's it's a very good time if you're in your twenties wow. and you live in New York. Head on over to Fort Tilden or something. You'll have a great time. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I'd be too. I think I'd be too uptight. Who knows? I don't know. I, the older I get, the less I give a shit. So. And I think that's why nude beaches are full of like gross old people, correct? Because they just don't—they don't care, you know. And I feel myself caring less and less every year that goes by. You're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah, I mean, once you're once you got some kids and you've been married for a while, you're like, I fucking did my job as a human. I made more humans. (laughs) I don't give a shit what you think of me. What do I care? <laughs> 93. Somehow not the realest question. When was the last time you cried? Oh man, I don't know. I am not a but probably on an airplane watching a not sad movie. Ooh. Do you ever get airplane cries? I I've gotten airplane cries not on an airplane, but just like just random Sunday afternoon cable movie watching and it just just hits you. I just won't. I just do not cry, really. I yeah. haven't had an actual cry in I don't God knows how long. But if I'm on an airplane and you throw on a Pixar movie or mm. like literally any movie that has any emotional stakes to it, I will cho- I will be choked up. 100 percent time also if you throw on a one of those british christmas commercials Mm. i think it's i forget john lewis that's the company that makes them if you throw on a john lewis christmas commercial (laughs) i'll be there'll be tears in my eyes for sure i think that's different though than like how normal people cry (laughs) you know Um, i feel a little bit like uh What's his name in Fight Club? <laughs> it's like I need to, I need to cry. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm broken. I just don't. Oh. I don't know. I didn't even have a. I didn't even have like a tough dad or anything. Who was like, boy, don't cry. I did not have that. My dad was a social worker. He was. He was probably like, 
encouraging me to cry, but nothing would have made him happier. But yeah, I don't know. You know, you save it for the airplane. That's fine. That's fine. The airplane, though, I'm a puddle. <laughs> 94. What's something you've done and will probably never do again? I did a, I went and had a mud bath one time at a spa that my aunt thought it would be a nice thing for me to do. And it was pure misery. It was like everything I hated. It was like being dirty, which I don't like. I hate the feeling of like shit under my fingernails. It was that plus humidity. (laughs) Just being hot. Yeah. Plus being naked in public. Again, not my favorite thing. (laughs) And I was like, this is like just the Venn diagram of shit I don't like put into one activity. And this is sure. And then I left and was like, I don't feel better at all. I don't feel clean. I feel a little dirtier and worse than I did when I showed up here. Oh, all right. No, no mud bath gift certificates coming to you anytime. Yeah, don't do it. Or do it just to see, like, like, I can't believe people enjoy this. (laughs) It's weird to me. (laughs) 95. Best compliment you ever received. This is kind of a, um, this was like a funny one. I was like, back when I was doing stand up, I had like, I had a lot of like fat jokes, you know, like fat material. Mm-hmm. And I, so I had like a chunk of that and I went into it at a club. And I probably had, you know, I was probably going to do like 10 minutes of kind of like fat stuff. And I did my first joke and I got an audience heckle. <laughs> this lady goes, You're not that fat. And it threw me off. Completely. It like undermined the entire set. I could not recover from it. But it was like a nice heckle. Yeah. But I was just I don't know. It stuck with me ever since I was like, there's it was the most effective heckle ever. It just like completely took my knees out. And I've always viewed it as a compliment, I guess. Yeah. That's what I've always wanted people to say to me, but they don't. But this lady <laughs> just said it. At the worst time possible. <laughs> the only time that it would be deemed. Yeah, right. Compliment. When I'm like, I like, need I need you all to be on the same page that I'm fat for this. <laughs> Let's be on that. Let's all agree to that. And then we can enjoy these jokes. Uh, privately, after the show, if you'd like to tell me I'm not fat, I would love that. But <laughs> not right now. <laughs> uh, 96. Tell me a joke. Oh, this is one I this is one I told my son that he subsequently got in trouble for. Which was mm-hmm. this is a real kid joke. I thought it was very funny and then uh it did not it did not play that well with certain people. Which was what what type of bees make milk? Boobies. There you go. Of course. Very nice. Which very I, nice. Which I saw in like a kid joke thing, and I was like, oh, he's gonna love that. That's great. And he did great. love it and then told it to too many people. Mm. <laughs> I 
Some people just can't take a joke, you know? I I think that's a a fantastic hit, Jim. I love it. Uh, 97. 97 used to be a question that I came up with that just wasn't all that good. So I took it and I threw it in the recycling bin and replaced it with the listener question of the week. Ooh. Uh, so if any of our wonderful listeners have a, a question they want to see used on a future episode, it's 99, of course, the number 99, questions pod on Twitter or 99questionspod at gmail.com. Uh, and because it's my show and no one can tell me otherwise, I took two listener questions this week. I liked them both. Damn. All right. We got Brian, Brian Keese with the question. Did you immediately know you had something special with David S. Pumpkins in the Haunted Elevator? And how easy or hard was it to get Tom Hanks to see your vision? <laughs> Excellent question. That is a good question. I don't think we knew we had anything special up until the moment it, like, was on the live show. Even. Ooh. Like, like, at dress rehearsal, it was good but it wasn't like a, it wasn't what it tom like on air you know we do like a dress rehearsal before the live snl yeah and he had changed the character a little bit between dress and and the air show that just like gave it the sparkle that it became what it was it's so like we didn't it, it was it was one of those ones that where it was at its like best form on the air you know like where yeah. it just kind of finally like all gelled in this weird way that i can't even really describe what happened <laughs> but i think we thought we had something weird and silly to make the greatest actor <laughs> of our <laughs> lifetime do mm-hmm. that it was like funny for us that he was even considering doing it <laughs> And then uh, only like as we watched it play in front of that live audience, I was on the floor watching it and it was like, oh, wow, this they're really responding to this in like a really awesome way. You know, you only get you only get a couple of those at SNL where it's like the audience just is on fire for something, you know, and you're and it's always a special, awesome incredible feeling when that happens and it doesn't happen that often you know so when it does it's like this is this is lightning in a bottle that cannot be recaptured and i i wish i could say it was like by design it was like i mikey and bobby and i knew exactly what we were doing but it was just like this truly you just couldn't i don't know you know we could do so much with it and maybe you know give it jokes and whatever structure and but yeah. there's just like a magic sometimes to just great performers that can do something. So I guess I forget what the question was. I remember it was about David Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. No, you got the vibe. <laughs> uh, did you immediately know something yet? Uh, did you immediately know you had something special with it? Uh, and then how hard uh, or easy was it to get Tom Hanks to see the vision? Oh, he was game. So we didn't know we had something special, but. I think we knew we had something special after we saw it live on the show. It was like that, that is 
that's a unique thing. I don't know what, I don't think any of us foresaw like what it would become, yeah. you know, that it would be like, as, that it would get as big as it did, but we were just like that sketch killed and people liked it. So that was great. And, and Hanks was just like fully, it was not hard to get him to, I mean, he's like one of the greatest SNL hosts ever. So he he's down for whatever he's like, he trusts you. He's like, if you guys think it's funny, I'll I'll give you my all, and that's like why that's why he's one of the great hosts of all time because yeah. that's his mentality. Oh, I love that. Uh, and uh, perfect follow up, I dare say, from Lemon Abby, aka Jaxie, uh, with uh, another question here: Would you rather live in this universe where the nickname that haunts you is Eater Pie Fell? <laughs> Or an alternate universe where the nickname that haunts you is Skeeter Guy Smell. Oh, wow. Well, I guess I'll have to go with Eater Pie Fell, which does haunt me. (laughs) And I can thank my dear friends, Jake and Amir, for that. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's funny. I I was at a Writers Guild picket line two days ago, and I ran into chris gethard oh yes who's a, a comic and i you know i've known forever famous new jersey and a big jersey guy yeah, yeah. Big, big jersey dude so the picket was in jersey and i was like oh this is great i don't have to go that far <laughs> yeah. and the first thing he said to me he was like for the last 15 years people will just come up to him and be like cheese pizza from this one college yes. humor video he did. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you have no idea. I mean, it, for me, it's Eater Pie Fell. <laughs> it's like, there's just this certain group of people that ha- it hit them at the right age or whatever, the way like more cowbell like drilled into my brain. Mm-hmm. And it just has followed him around like it's followed me. Uh, so, I'll, but I'll, you know, I've come, I've come to love it. So I'll, I'm gonna live in this universe where I am Eater Pie Fell, where I believe the quote is "A pie fell into my mouth and I loved it." That is correct, uh... and I pretty much loved it. Maybe is the exact quote. I forget. I only have to look at any YouTube comment of any video I've ever been in to find the Ooh. real quote. <laughs> See how quickly. Until the comment just turns into a eater pie fell contest. I it's so prevalent that people at SNL who are not aware of college humor or what I used to do or anything will be like, "Hey, what's going on with this um, eater pie fell?" <laughs> <laughs> and I have to like explain it. To them. Oh no. <laughs> Some like twenty two year old social media intern is just like, uh, yeah, it's like a thing. So yeah, don't worry. Like, sit down in in two thousand nine, something <laughs> happens. <laughs> oh my god, absolutely amazing! And uh, thank you, uh, Jaxi and Brian, for the wonderful, wonderful questions. Uh, ninety eight. What made you want to be who you are today? Inertia, I guess. (laughs) 
You know, I wish I... <laughs> maybe John Candy on some level. <laughs> I just I always liked funny people. Who doesn't? I mean, growing up, who doesn't like funny people? You know, it's like you just watch funny movies or funny TV shows and you're just like, yeah, these people are the best. They make everyone laugh. Everyone likes them. But then, I don't know. I guess I just kind of lucked out and kept, at any point, this career could have stopped. But I just kept kind of finding my way into like, um niches and then meeting the right people and stuff and i guess all those people kind of like made me who i am you know like yeah. the, they've influenced me and i've been like oh that guy's cool try to do what they do or that guy's cool try to do what he does or whatever and uh yeah i don't know that's probably a terrible answer but Yeah, I wish there was like, I, I wish I was like, I met this one guy and he told me this. And ever since then, I've been on this path, but it's, it's been much floppier and more random than that. <laughs> where it was like, I mean, truly, I was like, like snorting Adderall, depressed out of my mind my junior year of college and like found collegehumor.com was like, what's this website? <laughs> and like, was like, oh, so I'm going to email them, see if I can write articles for that. And like, Truly, that was how it happened for me. It was just like, wow. from there on out, it was just like, okay, well, I guess I've, I'm a comedy writer now, you know? Again, it's not a job you apply for. It's just one you start doing. And yeah, at some point, it just becomes your career without you realizing it. Incredible. My mom still is like, to this day, is like, you should go get a master's degree just in case. I'm like, That's mom, I'm like... I'm like the co-head writer of SNL. <laughs> you think I need? You should really think that I should get. A you need a backup plan, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> show that's been uh, on God, God bless years. her. Like and oh she's just God. being a mom, you know. But she, but I think rightfully, <laughs> she's like, well, you're not going to be funny forever. What are you going to do when you're not? You know, <laughs> like, well, that's a good point. You know, you don't see too many. 65 year old uh, comedy writers thriving you know not wrong there's a not couple wrong. there's a couple yeah but... uh well we've made it to the top of the mountain here the titular question finally here we go you've been building this question up for hours and i can't wait to hear what it is 99 what do you want to be remembered for oh Oh no. <laughs> oh what no. If, what if it was just who do you think you are? Like a real <laughs> a real left. You just, the question is how? <laughs> like your why question. Just an open ended. <laughs> good. That's good. I don't know, man. I mean hopefully it's for like uh how did this dumbass comedy man become a trillionaire with his like amazing invention that saved a bunch of lives and the environment at the same time but I don't think I don't think it's going to be that I guess mm -hmm. if I'm remembered it'll probably be for being Eater Pie Phil uh, oh no <laughs> that'll probably honestly be my legacy is like yeah, that guy, a pie fell in his mouth and he loved it. Um, <laughs> Pretty much loved it. 
I guess I, I mean, I, I hope it's like a, as part of the same way I look at like people from the state, which was an MTV sketch that I adored, you know, kind of be like in a thing like that, you know, and I, I'm hoping like, you know, with college humor, with SNL, my time at SNL, it's like, I've gotten to work with some of these amazingly funny, talented people and gotten to write for them and, and perform with them and stuff. So it's like, I guess I'd hope to be remembered as like part of a, an era of, of a certain type of comedy or like a part of an ensemble of, of funny people who, who, who went on to do bigger stuff than we did together. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that is absolutely something you've been a part of yeah i look at the people that i came up with at, at college humor and i'm always like everyone's done incredibly well and and, and done like very different things you know like everyone's kind of gone off on their own and done something cool and i'm like i'm I'm proud to have, have kind of come up with with them and, and have them as friends and stuff so um that or like like i said the uh dude who invented a thing that cures cancer but also stops global warming that i'm i'm financially rewarded for in, in an incredible way i'll buy two so um <laughs> and maybe i'll also just write like a super like hit song which would be cool as well just yeah. like a real... bring back scott so i've got that too <laughs> oh my god we're clamoring for it we as a nation, we could use a ska or um remember the swing revival oh for a God. minute. <laughs> yeah. We could just just use a national kind of like release the pressure for a minute. Zoot suit riot twenty twenty three remix. <laughs> Wait, I I found out someone who worked who worked at SNL as like a video editor was like in the cherry pop and daddies <gasps> and he he no longer worked there when i was there but i was like i had worked with him and then i found that out and i was like excuse me what? <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea i was in the present the legend yeah <laughs> yeah from the from the swing revival of the late night the one year swing revival <laughs> One oh, year, goodness, <laughs> uh, Streeter, we did it. We did it. We did it. We got through the ninety. Now, actually, honestly, it was a hundred because oh, you put no. an extra one in there. Oh yeah. no, we went too far. We have to start this over. This whole thing is a lie. Delete it. Delete it from the internet. Uh, <laughs> truly, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This has been absolutely it, spectacular. Man um you got it is there anything at all you want to uh plug promote uh waft into the ears of our wonderful listeners here anything at all the floor is yours sir. I, I wish i had something to plug i get right now all the writers are on strike so i guess uh if you could give us some help there and <laughs> tell the studios to cut us a fair deal we would we would appreciate that The legend, Streeter Seidel, everybody. 
and listen, if the news that he still has Best Buy guys Cheeto-encrusted shirt, if that's not on Breitbart tomorrow or whatever, I don't know what news is. But uh, the red light's on. It's last call time. Let's figure out what we learned here today. We learned that Streeter's new gimmick is being bitten by the world's most famous people. You get Joe Biden's dog, The Rock, and Jesus, your picture's getting put up in the clam castle. That's a guarantee. We learned all about the duality of man in this episode. In one hand, a stolen Nazi sword. In the other hand, a letter from Mr. Rogers. In the middle, the world. Hi, welcome to my TED Talk. We learned that John Oliver really needs to slow his roll. We learned about the evolution of Guy Fieri, and we learned that Lego monorails are just like lint filters. You gotta get it in one. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to reread the Wikipedia article for Terrare. T-A-R-R-A-R-E. By the way, if you need to check on that. I'll see you again in two weeks for our next episode. Until then, thank you, and good night. Hey everyone, I'm Streeter Seidel. You mean Streeter Pifel, as in a Pifel in your mouth, and you pretty much loved it. <laughs> yeah, right. Extra large cheese pizza.